welcome to Hold Up, a movie podcast. Last time we hacked the planet and did a little techno hop. Tonight, we are tickled pink to make a couple of Euro stops. But this is no vacation. Something is surely afoot. So steal away with us before we're out of sight. Because we are real Berlin guys. I am your host. (laughs) We'll be so good. (laughs) <laughs> I, am, I am your host, uh, Davin Skelhorn, and with me as always is Chris Worldmind Murphy. How you doing, Murphy? Guten Tag, I am the das, das and the shit. They're good. I'm the good shit. I really should practice that German a little better. I'm doing good. I know Scheiße and Dunkischen and Wasser. Uh, I know a little bit of German. Um, I, was no, well, I can I sing, I can sing, um, well, no, I guess I got to be looking at it, but I can sort of thing uh, "Ode to Joy," which is in German. Um, and with Post. us, as always, not as always, for the first time. Anyway, don't mind me; I'm a little flustered tonight. Officially, Jamil Robinson. Salutation, fine folks! It's finally uh, nice to be on the uh, the main show. Hold up, instead of being in the background, just kind of chirping away. So mm-hmm. it's my turn to to get some licks in and also to get my own. Yeah. Oh man, your it's gonna, there's the going to be some sir. licking going on here. I'll tell you that. Um, I'm glad you joined us, Jamil. You're like this hyperbolic host's greatest supporter when it comes to podcasts. So we got. I'm excited. I'm excited to be a part of this. This is great. When I shine, you shine. When you shine, I shine. We're just shining each other up. It's yeah. true, Sam. That is Jamil Robinson. Hold Tis. up, is that? Yes, it certainly is. Uh, this is season one, episode 13 of Hold Lucky Up. Number 13. Where we will be discussing heist movies. And I take back what I said to you earlier, Murphy. It was, it, I mean, it was mostly a robbery, your movie, but I'll. the other guy planned it out a bit, so I guess I'll call it a heist. But mostly a robbery. <laughs> uh, I, I got something to say about that, actually. Uh, I, okay. I, I wrote a little something. Let me just get, pull that up. But you continue, and I'll, I'll bring this. Yes, up. I will continue, because we have a, a regular segment here on Hold Up, a movie podcast. Semi-regular segment. Origin stories. Jamil, Oof. what's with you in movies? Um, It's been something that has been, like, a part of my... my uh, my growth uh my uh how i connected with my my parents uh my dad was heavily into westerns and um uh shaw brother martial arts films uh my parents would regularly take me out to the movies so i have many examples of going into movies that were not appropriate for me at my age um and it continued my love of movies has continued on for years to come uh i'm the type of person i'll go to the movies by myself because the the community aspect the the big screen the feel the sticky floors the overpriced food the booming sound um it's it's going to church uh movies is a theater's a cathedral to me it's i i love movies beautifully the only, said beautifully umbrage i'll take with you there i could do without the sticky floors gotta be honest it's part like of the, the experience, like, unfortunately. It is part of it. I'm like, oh no, is that gonna be following me out of the theater? Like, <laughs> if if it's just on my shoe in the theater, fine. But I don't want it on my shoe when I leave. You know, 
the unfortunate it's, it's, part it's is people weird. do not treat it as a cathedral as I. So, you know, they'll leave their their popcorn and stuff. I'm the type of person that I'll take my all of my um eateries um items and throw them in the garbage, dispose of them appropriately. Like the gentlemen. Yes. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with the cathedral element of what you're saying. Um, now, I've been accused of uh, being a bit nostalgic and perhaps living in the past. So I, I, I'll say for me that feeling's faded a bit with theaters. Like a lot of my great memories as a kid, like theaters looked different. They felt different back then. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm, I'm a bit nostalgic for that. Like there was, you'd go to the theater, there was one screen and whatever they were playing, that's what you were watching. For, for like an entire week or two and then maybe you get a new movie i remember one summer they played black beauty that horse movie for like three <laughs> months straight and didn't change the movie how many so, times did you end up seeing of, it none i was just like no i won't see black Beauty. <laughs> you refused have you ever seen yes. black beauty before no i've refused you that could have been your your favorite movie and you no. missed out three months of experiencing it I guess so we're I like horses. My dad owned horses. We're gonna have to see if it holds up. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll do horse movies. I, I love I love rep theaters, and I still go to them whenever I get a chance mm. to. Um, whenever I travel to a new city, I, I try to check out what the rep theaters are playing because there's something special about seeing even just a new movie, classic movie in those type of theaters. The experience it it feels different the the chairs people who attend those type of theaters have a a, a certain reverence of the movie going experience oh, yeah. so uh, folks if you take one bit of advice from me today outside of you know i'll have a little tidbits later on but go to a rep theater support them we need more of them their multiplexes will always be there rep theaters that's what you need to support we had a great one on quinpool road here in halifax and it's it shut down, unfortunately. I'm oh, sure no. you've been there more than once, Murphy. Uh, yes, uh, the Quinpool mm -hmm. Road Theater. Um, that's where they actually had the premiere of Hobo with a Shotgun. Um, it was right around the corner from where I lived on Oxford at the time. Um, it was so, called like, the Oxford. <laughs> it was called the Oxford Theater, actually. Yeah. Um, and it, there was one around here in in toronto uh just uh near high park called uh the humber cinema and that yep. was hands down my favorite around here and they eventually got shut down you know fingers crossed they might reopen after the big condo reconstruction of 3055 or whatever but like i uh, no inappropriate hand gestures sorry i won't do it <laughs> i was I will, gonna will. do something <laughs> um in, in, yeah. go ahead um yeah um We've lost way too many rep theaters yeah. in Toronto already. Um, I will always tell people go to the review because it's it's yep. awesome. The uh, the programmer there is awesome. Uh, so Serena, shouts out to you. Um, I miss Blur Cinema. How Blur Cinema used to be. I, I know it's now the Hot Docs uh, mm. Cinema, but I remember just garbage movies being shown, you know, throughout the weekend and anime on the uh, the weekends like old classic 80s like macross do you believe in love uh you know episodes of 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 anime being shown random you know programming that they would have commercials it was it was a great experience the only thing i can get near to me right now unfortunately is a drive-in uh, which is still a bit of a drive but you take what you can get 
truth. Yeah, no, I, I love sure, that. Sure. Uh, I, I, I miss the Humber. I miss that sort of uh, finding a, a, a genuine, unique theater vibe. Going to Cineplex is okay. It does the trick, but it feels very... Um, I don't know. I don't want to say it, sanitized. It so sanitized. <laughs> because sanitized is perfect, nope. yeah. But it, the worst thing is... It fits right not... in. Okay, small quote here. It fits right in with my thesis for this podcast. Things, Some things were better when there was still whimsy in the world. Now everything's just a little bland and a little generic and a little True. too glossy. And, yeah, and you're right, Jamil. I need the not, dirt. Give me the dirt. Cineplex is not sanitized. I mean, in presentation it is, but behind doors, not oh, so no, much. No, no. I've worked no. there. There's... The, this is what I like to quote. One time I was in the sort of like above rafter thing. You don't even know it's there because they disguise it so well from the ground floor, but there's actually like a second floor in most theaters. Um, and the balcony seating. Yeah, man. Anyway... Um, and, and I, you look down over the, the popcorn where they're serving all the, like the food and stuff and the floor behind that register is just covered in popcorn oh. to the degree oh, yeah. that it's like an ocean and the floor itself is little islands. You watch them scooping it and half of it's going on the floor. There's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've dealt with popcorn before. It's not fun. <laughs> No, no. But this is one of the jobs I avoided. I yes. just managed to clean bathrooms, and then they were like, "We want to put you on popcorn," and I'm like, "I don't know about that." And then the next day, they're like, "Did you write? Did you write your username on a, a towel shelf, like a paper towel shelf with Bic pen?" And I was like, "Yeah." They're like, "That's graffiti. We have to let you go." And I'm like, you know what? You don't want me to like clean it with rubbing. All right, that's fine. <laughs> and I fucking took the out. <laughs> the next guy has to do that. Yeah, yeah. he didn't though, and he left it. Now <laughs> everyone's coming after World Mind Murphy at whatever dot com. They knew me at that cinema. I forever infamous at the. Before we move Shore. on, little quick shout out to my childhood in the Imperial Theater in Windsor, Nova Scotia. Ooh. Except for the one time they kicked me out for trying to sneak in a pop. When you actually couldn't take your own food into a theater. For me, it was... Still not supposed to, but... They don't stop you no more. They don't know if you bought that water from them or from someone else. Like, they don't know. For me, the childhood cinema in Nova Scotia was uh, Bedford. The Bedford Cinema. Um, Yep. I got to see, like, Jurassic Park. No, did I? No, it wasn't Jurassic Park. I see uh, Insurrection Day there. Pokemon. Uh, you mean like, Independence Day? Yeah, Independence Day. I don't know why <laughs> Insurrection I Day. Day. I'm like, is that a Star Trek movie I missed? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek lately. Um, uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> but I did see Insurrection there too, actually, now that you think about it. And Generations. Oh, yeah. I saw a lot of movies at that theater. So young. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hey, Jurassic Park was a formative movie moment for me as a theater too. Amazing. I I didn't I didn't think I saw it in theaters, but I did see it uh like on tape and I was still young enough and I remember being terrified by the T-Rex and hiding behind my grandfather's reclining chair and him just Oh man, I was ass off at me. <laughs> I was afraid of stainless steel kitchens for at least a year. Ooh. Um but anyway, let's see what's going on in Theater One, shall we? 
In Theater One, we have my pick of this evening. Um, sorry about that, fellas. The Pink Panther from 1963, starring Peter Sellers, David Niven, Capuchin, not the monkey, the person apparently, Claudia Cardinal, and Robert Wagner, who I didn't even recognize, but now that I'm thinking about it, I know who he played, but man, I didn't even recognize him. And directed by Blake Edwards. So, uh, why don't you hit the trailer for us there, Murphy? Uh, I will hit that trailer, but just just to interject about the heist of yep. the robbers, just so we're clear. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bring out the because Oxford you... de- definition of heist and robbery. <laughs> sort of, more or less. Heist and robberies are not exactly the same thing. Although they both are crimes that involve stealing property or money, a robbery mm-hmm. is a type of theft where someone takes something by force or by threat of force. This can include mm-hmm. using weapons, physical violence, or intimidation to take something from a person or business. For example, bank oh, robbery. So you and Jamil's picks were both robberies. Is that what the I point disagree. you're trying to make? I disagree. Oh, I see where he's coming from. I thought that yeah, myself. Jesus I picked Christ, a Evan. Jesus Christ, Avin, can you let me finish speaking for five did seconds? I did I, I didn't it? even did I get a right? full sentence out. No, you're jumping ahead. Can you, no. I was, I was guessing. It's fun. You know, what do you, well, there's nothing to guess. There's nothing to guess. I was just trying to make an explanation between robbery and heist, and you can't even fucking no. let me do that before interjecting. I was backing you up. The first I sentence. thought you were going to accuse Jamil of the same thing I accused I'm you of. I'm not accusing anybody back, of Murphy. anything. But now... Now I withdraw my backing of you. Continue. I, this, this is what I deal with. This is what I deal nope. with every time. Withdrawn. Withdrawn. Oh, he knows what you deal with. He's listened to every episode. <laughs> a bank robbery involves stealing money from a bank using force or threat of force. A heist, on the other hand, is a type of robbery that involves a complex and well-planned operation to steal something valuable, such as a large sum of money or a valuable artwork. Heists often involve a group of people working together to plan and execute the theft using careful planning, sophisticated tools, and tactics, sometimes even disguises or elaborate schemes to avoid detection. Heists are often portrayed in popular culture, such as in movies like Ocean's Eleven. So all heists are robberies, not all robberies are heists. Agreed. So my movie was a heist. Both of your movies were robberies. I disagree, but we'll get to it. Uh, we'll I I mean I'm not gonna argue the fact that my movie was probably a robbery. Um, well, yours was legit a bank robbery. They call them bank robberies. <laughs> yeah, but I mean but, that being said, but, yeah. it was. But whatever, what I liked it. We'll, it. So we'll, we'll get there. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to the the snorefest that is the Pink Panther. Let us crack <laughs> open our memories. Agreed. And I I'm we're One not sec. watching. I want to know what Jamil was counting. I was um, so just to clarify, folks. Um, the argument was that Davin cuts off World Mine every five seconds, and I clearly showed five seconds. Check it on YouTube, where World Mine was able to speak without interruption. Just, just stating the facts. Vindicators. Right, well, Vindicators too. All right. I don't. We need to get a clip of of. Uh, buddy from brooklyn 99 saying vindication anyway let's get all right just to clarify we're not gonna watch that four minute like at ep, like episode please surprise motherfucker no we're watching <laughs> the only one. clip i had for you <laughs> a master thief a priceless treasure and an international mystery 
only one man can solve. We must find that woman. The one, the only, Inspector Clouseau. Let me kiss your face. You will be witness to the capture of the notorious fashion. Peter Sellers. In the role that launched a comic legend. What are you suggesting? Between the night of surprises. I can feel the hands up my ass. The Pink Panther. So, let me just open here, since it was my pick, I should probably defend it somewhat. Um, So, here's the thing. Peter Sellers, I still enjoyed in this movie. He definitely carried the whole thing. Like, the story was boring. Most of the interactions between characters were boring. But whenever he tripped over something, I still laughed. And let me tell you, that's what one of the few instances I've seen in a movie, at least in a very long time, that did slapstick properly. Like... John Belushi or Chris Farley tripping over something isn't funny because they're already these wacky, outrageous characters, right? But Peter Sellers is trying to play this kind of straight, very serious sort of cop character. So, like, when he trips over something he, he and you, they show his face, you're trying like, to say like, John Belushi and Chris Farley aren't funny when they're being slashed? No, I just, no, no, you, yeah. no, you take no, no, yeah, no, kind no, of. I am, no. yeah. Chris Farley doesn't make me laugh when he's falling over. Chris like, Farley's made me laugh doing any I, of his slapstick more than, than Peter I, Sellers I, did. In this I think movie. the argument here is, from Davin's point of view, is the action itself isn't funny. It takes a combination of things for the slapstick to be funny in a Chris Farley situation, where mm-hmm. in this case, Peter Sellers' performance in a bubble is funny uh, because he's a straight man doing slapstick. Yes. Well, I mean, do, exactly do, you, do you find that more fair assessment? I yes. mean, yeah, that's a that's a fair assessment. I mean, but the 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 thing too is the entirety of his humor was within that trailer that we witnessed. The entirety of pretty much all the Peter. Oh Sellers yeah, it was just no. more and more of that dialogue. I, I think yeah. there was well, there was a no, lot of wordplay. There's wordplay as well that I think was pretty clever as as well for Peter Sellers. Well, they mentioned it mentioned in the trailer that it's the role that made him a comedy star, and I can see that that's a good start to a comedy career. He was he was the definitely the star of this movie and what carried it and of course he god tier comedy he does in dr strange love so you know god which low-key is the basis of why you pick this yeah yes i wanted to see more peter sellers and so i was a bit let down by this because i was expecting like dr strange love but like i shouldn't have had such high expectations you should have picked you, you 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 did a Gremlins again is basically what happens. You picked the if first. If you be smirched Gremlins again as... tonight, Murphy, we're <laughs> and, done here. And, and we the are done here. Film, <laughs> you you should have went with was like the Return of the Pink Panther because after this film, Peter is Sellers it became. Well, it's not. I don't know if it's better, but there's like the main. So character why would you make that Peter statement? Sellers. You straight up made that as excuse too. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> well, <laughs> for, from what I remember as a kid, because I barely remember this franchise. Uh, it was the later Peter Pink Panther films, not this first one, that I enjoyed more because they were Steve a little Martin. More uh, no, not well, Steve no, Martin. No. There was there was like there was the whole franchise of Pink Panther films. Like, oh yeah, there was. This, yeah. Right. 
Um, and the sequels, the first two or three sequels, I think, probably just the second and third, I guess, um, had Peter Sellers in it, and they were considered to be a little more funnier than this film. Well, um, because he was well, the focus, as opposed to yeah. he was a side character. He urkled himself into a franchise. I'd like exactly. to feature on this show at some point. I don't know what theme it would fall into, but that movie that got him the casting in Doctor Strange, where he apparently he plays like seven or 11 roles or something like that. Apparently that was was quite good, so mm-hmm. be interested to see. Great character actor though, but yeah. Anyway, Cluso he was okay. The mu the music is what carries this movie. It's what kept me in. The Henry Mancini jazz just was great. That was the highlight for me. Now, I felt uh, like they only had two songs. <laughs> I mean, oh, they, was, you know, they, they had multiple ones. They had yeah, but it really the only two seemed to stand out in my memory, which was like the Pink Panther one and the the musical number. And they played that once, not just like, you know, as she's performing, but they also played the song again in the like the costume party in the later half of the film. So, yeah. Um, Can't wait to yeah, the Morsels part. Well, let's let's get through the let's get through the the, the bits here or not. So much yeah. the bits, the plot of Pink Panther 1963, where we start off with the once upon a time uh, in the 1963 film Pink Panther directed by Blake Edwards. The largest diamond in the world, the Pink Panther, is given as a gift to Princess Dala, Claudia Cardinal, by her father, the Shah of Lugasha. That's not Claudia Claudia Cardinal. This is the the young child version of her um, as a young woman, uh, but rebels seize power in Lugash and demand the the jewel back, which is uh, touched upon in in sort of a news article later on. Um, uh, the film then follows the antics of the mysterious uh, British jewel thief known as the Phantom, Sir Charles Linton David Nevin, uh, or Niven, uh, who is also a playboy, and his American nephew, George Robert Wagner. Uh, All right, I got to cut the- you off right there. Why in the 60s and before would could men not be considered a sex symbol until they were 65? Like, I'm, 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 these characters are grading on me a bit where they're like these, they always have these like young 20 something women and they're always fawning over these right old dudes. And there's like, I don't know, it kind of bothers me a little. It's old Hollywood, it's terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's a whole like, yeah, they're, we're the silver age of Hollywood. We own Hollywood, so uh, we still have budding careers. Let's make out with all these young actresses and stuff. Yeah. Um, no, like Swab, he's this young playboy. He's got like 10 women all over Europe, and it's just like he's like 65 and walks with a cane. It's just like, what? Anyway, yeah. I mean, the cane, I think they say, is some sort of injury. Yeah, he, he he's faking an injury. Skiing. Yeah, from yeah. skiing or something. Um, so yeah, meanwhile, the clumsy French police inspector, uh, Jacques Clouseau, played by Peter Sellers of the Suriette, who is unaware that his wife, Simone Capuchon, uh, she, is she just called Capuchon? Did she not have a first and last name? I didn't uh, don't I don't know it. I just saw Capuchin. I'm pretty sure it's called Capuchin because it's spelled like the monkey. Maybe. Uh, yeah, his wife, Simone. She's the paramour of Sir Charles um, and helps him with his crimes and tries to stop the theft attempts. But, uh, you know, it's comedically inept. In addition to his bumbling attempts to catch the thief, there are scenes of the skiing resort hotel that show Madame Clouseau dodging her husband while trying to carry out Sir Charles' plan and avoid George, who's enamored of her. Um, Angel. Just. He's my agent. 
it's the scenes the pacing of this film i found to be very long <laughs> um yeah and it just jumps from location to location and yeah. to, from character to character like without really much connective tissue i find like for the first half of the movie i was very confused about what was even happening okay um i was like how did so princess dala get the <laughs> how did she get the the pink panther did she steal it from the the Indian girl? Because <laughs> I was she like, is the Indian girl. I know. I, I literally realized girl. that. Oh, but I, you're like, exactly like why is she white like, now? Yeah, it was <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. It was, and then I realized who was the director, and I'm like, oh, yeah. he has a tendency. Well, then you see but... this guy who they painted brown. <laughs> like that's the that was the worst. Like look I'm at like, him. Did he uh, <laughs> did he eventually play a Klingon on Star Trek? Because it's oh my god, that's Klingon makeup for sure. Um, so yeah, there's this whole scene where uh, there, you know, he he, he um, I forget his name already. Uh, the Panther, Sir Charles Linton, so Charles Linton, not Clouseau, but oh, Charles Linton. He 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 runs a whole scheme to steal this woman's dog. Um, so we can get closer to her, and he like apparently hurts his leg, quote unquote, and that's when Clouseau enters the scene. Also, um, <laughs> it's just like, oh, that was that was Sir Sir Lighten. Yeah, Sir um, <laughs> So yeah, this you know this is where you start to you know get, find out they're like next door neighbors in a hotel, and there's this whole like back and forth that proceeds to go on for like the next forty minutes of just oh, that like, guy's distracting circle play of. <laughs> The painted guy, man. He just like it, distracted me so much every time. He this did. movie was such dry, highbrow, aristocratic humor, but it was yeah. obviously a lampoon of films. But it, that being said, uh, we we get uh, to the point where Robert Wagner's character enters the the fray, the party, if you will, in the hills. Yeah, man. Um, and, Didn't and recognize this is a, him, but now I see. Yeah, now you see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Definitely the youngest um, I've ever seen him in a movie. So yeah, Ro so Robert, you know, this this leads to the one and only scene in this movie that honestly made me laugh was the scene that holds up for me, which is this one. Yes, sir. I got you on the rocks. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> thank you very much. Say, uh, I'm looking for my uncle, Sir Charles Litton. <coughs> May I get you some water? Hold your hands over your head. Yes, my darling, and lean forward. You're right, my darling. I can watch that five times, and it gets me every time. Yeah, put your hands up and lean forward. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, like some of his klutzy stuff. Like I say, I enjoyed his slapstick. I'm surprised at how often I sort of giggled at him kicking something or tripping over something. Because yeah, he did that well. I mean, He's a good he did comedic it well, actor, but Peter Sellers. To to be fair, the real like powerhouse of this film was Capuchin. Like, she really, this film? Yeah. No, seriously, well, she held no, it's this Peter film Sellers. Together. It's Peter Sellers. She's <sighs> good. Like, she had a she's, role to I mean, play, she's, mind she's you. Fine. I, I absolutely, yeah. yes, I understand that. But like, her character is written as such a nothing burger. Like, oh no, for sure. <laughs> but she acts her ass off as that nothing burger. Every what? scene she's in, she's doing what she can to, to basically demand the screen. And she, without her sort of, 
I guess you could say back and forth with the other male actors. Uh, and you know, um... I would say she had zero chemistry with David Niven, but she did have chemistry with Peter Sellers. I they agree. were funny together. David Niven could been swapped out with like a a burger. Here's your nothing burger. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, he there's he your was, nothing burger. There's a reason he. The funny thing was he thought there was going to be a whole franchise of the Pink Panther based off of him. So he's pretty. He's actually pretty because he was the thief. Yeah, yeah, he was the thief, and he thought there was going to be a whole series of movies, and and everything switched when Peter Sellers came on board, and then he became the focus as Jacques Rousseau. Yeah, and then um, and he's Peter Sellers. Yeah, and 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 Niven ended up not actually touching the franchise up up until after Peter Sellers died. Yeah, Um, yeah. So yeah, we had this whole scene where uh, she like thinks she's sneaking in to to charles but it's actually her his nephew wagner. george wagner and she's he gets all kissy and gropey and there's a lot of that a bit too much of that in my opinion um well he gets really kind of threat menacing and threatening with her later where he just keeps kind of following her and staying close to her and she's trying to get away and like that that was gross yeah there's a lot of gross um, stuff there was so, so we actually with this we uh we get to Davin's favorite scene. Uh I actually this made me chuckle. Hold up, I don't think you should. Don't worry, my darling, I shall do it ever so softly. Oh, Jack, are you sure? My darling, of course. It's always worked before. There's no reason why it should not work now. And you just relax and leave everything to me. And to get her in the mood. <laughs> I really don't think it's such a good idea. <laughs> he just has this Stradivarius that he keeps around, and he's like a horrible uh, violin player, but he has this like awesome violin. I do yeah. like the the payoff with that violin. It was, it was well timed, excellent. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Um, he crushes his own Stradivarius. So yeah, this basically cat and mouse game goes on for like the next forty minutes of the film. Um, <laughs> Uh, where you know eventually um, Claudia's Dalla character comes to visit Charles at his place, where you know uh, oh, she's okay. admitted earlier she never drinks. So this guy's like, "Well, have a little drinky poo, why don't you?" Yeah. So he yeah. you know does that yeah. like groomer uh, one hundred and one, which is to get the young yeah. impressionable lady drunk. And apparently, no, he's just a is... young hotshot, Murphy. He's just a young <laughs> up and comer himself. <laughs> Okay. Well, you know, fine. Um, but honestly, what leads... I couldn't get over in this scene, this was my least favorite scene in the movie, by Ooh. the way. I couldn't get over the tiger on the floor. <laughs> you mean <laughs> okay. Jamil's scene that holds up? This one? Yes. Oh, no, I hate this. And I'll explain why. Okay. When it when it starts playing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when I there. my first elephant, I was six when I went on my first safari. Frazari. Wild animal home. And I was ten. They called that in India? My first tiger. But I'll never forget my lovely little pony. When did you bag him? Hmm? When did you bag him? That was oh, funny. Oh, you're actually. making fun again. <laughs> you but I still like just stor- stared at the poor tiger, Don't though. Trust a man who doesn't care about animals. So, this is practically a monologue. Because he gives her nothing in terms of 
what to act oh, off yeah. of. And she is just so charismatic, mm. right? Yeah. Dealing with this, like, I, I'm not a fan of the monologue to begin with. I just found that she took this, you know, garbage and made it into something at least a little bit palatable. And every time you switch back to him, I'm like, oh, God, him, mm. he's there. Um, Me too. I, I think that she, like, to me, if I was a producer, I'd be like, we need to get her into something better than this. Because I she thought she would have been a good Bond great. villain of the day. She was like a, a Bond girl. Right? Yes. She would have been a great like, Bond yeah. girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, so actually, if, if it wasn't this, say that it would have been the, 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 the step into the violin scene. I thought that was just as a much great as I, we're, I think we're in simpatico tonight here as far as our scenes, Jamil. Um, but if it, other than the fact that I was staring at the poor tiger the whole time, I actually had that thought while we were watching that scene that like she is putting this up and she'd make a good Bond girl. Like, yeah, she's good. Yeah, well, I don't know if she's in the tiger more comes into play movies as, after as, this. Uh, Charles uh, attempts to pick her up, but ultimately gives up and just wraps <laughs> her up and drags her into his own bedroom of all places to put her in bed. That's when he discovers that George is at the the hotel. Again, more of this Maybe cat George. and mouse between George and, and Charles and Clouseau and them trying to basically find the Pink Panther diamond. Um, it's, it's just so disjointed and it jumps around that it was a bit hard to like, you know. Yeah, they probably mentioned the Pink Panther diamond twice in this movie and probably not for the first hour and 20 minutes. Like, it's just more about this like kind of cat and mouse thing with like the women and the men like uh, it's like i, I like musical sequences i hate when the person's performing to the camera with people Full watching you, like fourth wall yeah. break this is the most yeah. distracting musical yeah. number ever let me look at the camera while well, everybody doesn't look at anything. They're gonna look at the ground and pretend they're not looking at anything. It's like Peter it's Sellers like... looks hilariously awkward there. Again, great comedic actor. Yeah, he was holding it together. He was like that shy uncle that just kind of like does the hip toss and the like the like yeah. little hand wavies and like the penguin dances. Um, but yeah, he gets <laughs> into the slapstick. He he basically you know through a series of. Uh, buffoonery he 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 basically clumses his way into to finding this whole damn thing you know pretty much um, i mean i just remember there's this one scene early in the movie where he's like at the police station i think and during this like very short scene he ends up bumping into like three different things and when he kicks the third one which is like a garbage can or something just the look on his face he's just so defeated with how clumsy he is like <laughs> it was very fun but that was almost my favorite scene yeah, this this scene, this whole scene, uh, went on for forty minutes from the beginning to the end. The Man. whole like, <laughs> hide you under the bed, hide you under the curtains, hide from this room, go to this room. But um, this scene was too much. I was like, okay, you need to chill, kid. We've seen this uh, like this. This whole sequence has been done to death in you know the year since. But the thing is, we've seen it done a lot better, a lot quicker, a lot more snappier. It doesn't have the 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 stylings of Peter uh, Sellers, who you know he he does a great job in in terms of you know his part. But overall, this this could have been done 
and has been done so much better. I feel like this could have been a 40 minute episode of murder. She wrote or (laughs) even like a 22 minute episode of an 80s sitcom. Yeah. Um, So fun fact here, uh, this bubble bath scene, they apparently used like an industrial grade, uh, like Jesus, they didn't burn her. Did they? All of their all the actors in this scene, their skin was burnt from using this, and and uh, Wagner because he's basically head deep was blind for four weeks after that. So dumb. What? Yeah. Somebody got paid to make that tub full of bubbles. Mm. <laughs> Bubble you don't even board. really see the water. Like. Yeah, yeah. It's just all <laughs> bubbles, and then there's like a por- foreground. Somebody's using steam, and like. It's clearly on a set. Um, the fact, like, it just, it's, it, th- there was a, there was a, there was another quote that said the director wanted to, like, he wanted to exercise the brutal painfulness of humor. So he would just make scenes, he would purposely make scenes run on longer than they needed to. So people would, like, oh, get he clearly uncomfortable. Did. And yeah. he would just be like, that's the breaking point. Cool. Run another five minutes with it. It's just like, <laughs> It didn't work. It didn't work. Like, that's Seth MacFarlane humor. Like, if you just make this scene two minutes longer, maybe somebody will laugh. Yeah, like, it just kept going. going. The champagne, that was a good payoff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like, even I felt sticky after that. They're just so covered in champagne. Um, And yeah, it's just like continuously going to the point where. You know, he his his nephew finds his like stash bag. I thought this was a pretty cool scene, actually. This probably would have been a held up scene for me just for the whole like mechanism of his of his breaking like gear. His toolkit, it like yeah, his toolkit. But then it becomes buffoonish because it's like one, why is he hiding from his cut his nephew? Is he not in on it? Maybe he's not in on it. Two, he then proceeds i thought he was dead here i was like oh he's gonna die oh this is who's gonna steal the pink panther if he dies in the snowfall here's my here's where my brain went he dies and it turns out clouseau's actually the pink panther all along oh that would be cool that would make a great movie the diamond's the pink panther you mean the phantom well i mean clouseau's the thief the actual thief the phantom yeah that's what i meant well, um, you can you can kind of say that the branding of this movie is kind of um, it misleads the public because if you ask the public who's the Pink Panther, they would say it's Jacques Cousteau. Mm, yeah, Jacques Clouseau. Jacques. Mm. I'm I'm saying Jacques his name Clouseau. wrong. It's Clouseau. Clouseau. Yeah. Clouseau. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they even the sequels where they have his quote unquote progeny being the the investigator. The movie is called "Son of Pink the Panther." Pink Panther. Yeah. It, it, it puts it's, that how in do you the, be a son of a diamond? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, how do you keep having movies named Pink Panther that people keep trying to steal the same diamond? Well, apparently, the diamond was only like a centerpiece for the first three movies, and then after that, it was just so the first three. Yeah, so it's a knives out situation where they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh shoot, it's popular." But we named it something, so we're just gonna keep that name with anything. It wasn't glass onion; it was glass onion, a knives out um, mystery. I haven't seen either of those movies yet. Yeah, I haven't seen either of these yet. Yeah. Oh lord, you guys! 
All right, moving on. If you're on um, this show because you've seen more movies, and I've stopped watching a lot of movies 20 years ago, but this movie's seed. Well, funny you mentioned in your origin story, Jamil. One of the seeds that started this podcast was watching movies uh, you're too young to watch. That's what <laughs> started me. So yeah, in spite of basically uh, Clouseau's, you know, own buffoonery, he like loses his jacket. He's walking around pointing his gun at people. Um, Charles manages to escape, so he uh, manages to capture Sir Charles and George when they both make the attempt to steal the diamond during a costume party. Um, which I couldn't. Was it Halloween? Was this just like that's a restaurant? It was just a costume. Way, that uh, outside shot is a restaurant. Yeah, in Los Angeles, but it's just sure. a costume party. Oh, really? It's a restaurant. Interesting. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's a restaurant. It makes sense for it to be a restaurant. I forget what it's called. Um, This scene went on for a bit. There was obviously the Peter Seller, you know, slapstick. Uh, It started getting really confusing when they brought in the gorillas, but that was kind of the point. You know, they make you think it's one guy, then there's like two, and then there's three, and then there might have been four for all we know. Um, The one scene that kind of started to pick up was when Peter Sellers picks up a Roman candle and like the lights go out and he's like oh i found a candle and then it just like friggin fireworks the entire house and proceeds to knowing their off. safety record i was i was wondering like did Who anyone die during hurt? that <laughs> mm, you know what i didn't i didn't find any notes about anybody getting injured but i mean they were just yeah it's not like it was john landis yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like how many kids did you kill this time um, so yeah, uh, basically, uh, the ensuing car chase through the streets ends with all the vehicles, uh, colliding with one another. Um, there's this whole scene here that's supposed to be homage to like a Hitchcock film about this guy who can't cross the street because cars keep crossing his path. Apparently nobody picked up on this reference when the guy first made the film. Um, I know I didn't, but everything, this scene was just it's like, a poorly done reference. <laughs> it, it was so poorly done and it went on forever. Like it, it could have ended quickly and it should have, um, but yeah, all the vehicles collide with one another, one another. Um, and then, you know, we get the scene where the, the, the uncle and nephew are in prison and Clouseau's thinking he's got, are they in prison? Bang. They seem like they're in a very comfortable space. Very it's, it's a prison or a jail, uh, perhaps a jail or holding cell. It's you a know. jailhouse. Yeah. 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 Um, French jailhouse. Is that where we are? It's or even cushier, right? Am I right? Yeah. Uh, I got some bad news for you, Sam. <laughs> KBBL is on the shelf, but there's lots of uh, great episodes that were already made. So just go back and start with the uh, season one of the Simpsons and just pair it with, um, with an episode of KBBL that it corresponds with. That's your, that's your evenings for the next couple of uh, uh, days. Enjoy. You're welcome. There you go. Um, where was I? Right. So yeah, later Simone discovers that Prince Dollar herself stole the diamond, uh, from her own safe, for fears of her being deported back to Lugosh. Lugash, Lugas. I don't know how to pronounce this, but what will you spell it? Lugash, L-U-G-A-S-H. Lugash. It's a fictional country. Is it fictional? Okay. It's a fictional country. Well, we'll go with Lugash. I just assumed it was India. Uh, Simone offers to help uh, Dala by taking possession of the diamond and decides to help out Sir Charles and George when they're put on trial for theft. 
The conviction looks inevitable until Princess Della and Simone hatch a plan to frame Clouseau. The defense calls a surprise Clouseau to uh, the stand as their lone witness. Uh, the barista asks a series of questions, suggests that Clouseau himself could be the phantom. The nerve Clouseau pulls his handkerchief out of his shirt pocket, revealing the jewel planted there by Madame Clouseau. As Clouseau is being driven a missed away, opportunity not calling him Le Fantôme. Le Fantôme. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Clouseau basically gets let out and he's just mobbed to death by all these women saying he's the Pink Panther and yada yada, or he's the Phantom and yada yada. Um, and as Clouseau's being driven away... He's still he's saying it. You'll probably call him the Pink Panther at least five more times before this is done. Just all the, all mean, it's not your to, fault. It's not your fault. All they need to do was just say, you know, um, the biggest heist of his career is the stealing of the Pink Panther. So we've we've dubbed him now Clusto as the Pig okay, Panther. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure one they line. Do Damn, do done. Maybe yeah. they do it. Yeah, maybe they do um, <laughs> in later movies. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Simone uh, expresses that she's regretful and fears that uh, Clusto will rot in prison. Sir Charles points out that it takes years for people to rot, and when the Phantom strikes again, he'll be as free as a bird. Sir Charles, Simone, and George drive away together as a united team to continue the life of crime elsewhere. And Dala leaves to go back to her country. Uh, in the police car, the officers tell Clouseau that as the Phantom, he is a national hero and a sex idol for millions of young women. And add that they are very envious of him. When they ask him with uh, some difference how he committed all these robberies, Clouseau, defeated and bewildered, apparently still unaware of his wife's betrayal, but happy to realize that in a few years when he's released, he will have all the women in the world after him. Sighs and smiles a little. Then replies, well, you know, it wasn't easy. And then the film ends with the cartoon character, the Pink Panther, Lord. who was a police officer. Getting run over. It goes on to great fame, that that cartoon character. I used to watch the, the Matt Frewer cartoon. Matt Frewer was the voice of the Pink Panther. But, you know, Matt yep. Frewer is great at everything. He is a legend. He is a legend. Somebody's spamming our chat with, like, the same message, but from several different accounts. Yes. Turds. Yes. And um, uh, Matt Frewer also uh, um, in an in a Marvel property, Generation X. Really? Yes, <laughs> which I we watched yeah. recently about a month oh, ago. Oh, did you really? Yeah. How'd that hold up for you? Um, look, <laughs> I was a big Gen X. Oh, sorry, I am a big Gen X fan. Oh, so yeah. back in 1996, when it first aired. I watched that movie because I recorded it on VHS and I was reciting the movie as they were, as it was playing. I knew it still like the back of my hand. Welcome to Hastings butt breath, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Generation X. That's uh, Chris Bichello and Scott Lobdell. Chris Bacalo. Yeah. Bacalo. I'd never pronounced that man's name properly. That's that's what, Bacalo, but... that's what you get with the uh, the print with the the written word. Well, that's why I do the the name pronunciations on this show. What if it's Pahilo? <laughs> that could be right. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I've never heard it. I've never heard anyone attempt it that way. No. We're being Ooh. banned from names forever now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the movie. That's the movie. Um, that's the pink panther what what, um, what what do we have to say about the pink panther well let's oh, go Lord. to our usual our usual we, that was our plot what do you think of the plot storytelling like boring right 
Mm. Yeah, no. It, it takes forever to get going. Joined. Yeah. I had a yeah. yada yada through the middle, like forty-five minutes of the film, basically. I, I had to re. I had to like stop it and then start all over again to try to see if I can piece together where um, George's character came into play because it just like he appears and it's like meanwhile I'm like what, <laughs> all right? And then and we just like it yeah. takes forever to get back to him. Like I was so confused when she ended up in the bedroom with Robert Wagner that first time and she was just like kissing him all of a sudden I'm like what yeah. is even happening here yeah she like, was, it's, it was the weirdest incestual throuple I've ever seen it was very strange um which performance would you guys hold up for, for me Peter Sellers like he's fantastic I mean this is not a fantastic movie or a fantastic role but he did as much as he could with it I thought um, um yeah decent start for him um, let's see. Uh, uh, Peter Sellers, of course, absolutely. Uh, Capucci, Capucci, Capuchin, Capuchin, and Claudia uh, Cardinelli. Yeah, um, I thought they were all good with what they had. Right, it wasn't much, but they they tried to make the best out of the situation. Yeah, like they're the thing Maybe is, was the real charisma vacuum in this. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. Peter Sellers was the charisma vacuum, but like Capuchin. No, 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 no. And, and no, David I meant Niven. the other way. Yeah, oh, the yes, like yes, he sir. was devoid of charisma. You know. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Um. No. Yes. Well. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. I felt uh, the same about like Capuchin and and uh, Claudia Carnell. Just the fact that like, you know, they their scenes that they were in were more believable than anything Nevin was in. And you know, every other scene, like it was, I felt myself just wanting more Peter Sellers out of this film, and I was like, you know, I thought I was expecting more of him, and I'm like, wow, he's like a third of this film for the most part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's like it almost felt like a movie with no star, other than the fact that Peter Sellers was just better than everybody else. But the setting aesthetic. Um, one comment I have on that. The diamond, the Pink Panther diamond, looked terrible. And they talk about how it has, like, the outline of a panther in it. But when they zoom in on it, you don't you see don't any see of anything. that. Like, there's no panther. Uh, you expect to see it. You're like, oh, we get to see the panther. And it's just, like, a bunch of lines. And you're like, what? That was that was it? Because they yeah. zoom in and everything. It's just like, here's the diamond. And it's like, what a letdown that even was. Like, this movie started off with a letdown. Yeah. Um, exterior shots look good because of where they were filming but yeah. a lot of the interior shots outside of the restaurant that we have for the costume party a lot of you know blank walls with like it, it feels really like they're in a studio just making it doesn't feel like europe yeah like, no. yeah it could be any hotel yeah for sure well i guess that brings us to Uh, for say, satiate our hunger, Murphy. Satiate your hunger with some movie morsels mm -hmm. from the 1963 yes. film. Let's Pink see if Panther. you got the one that I have in mind. All right. Well, if I if I if I dropped anything on the floor, Jamil's got it. So let's see what happens. Uh, we uh, had crumblies with KH last last episode, so now we got uh, Jujubees <laughs> with Jamil. Yeah, something like that. Spare change. 
They, oh, oh yeah, it's bear change. Of course, of course, of course. It was there the whole time. I feel terrible for not thinking yeah. about it. Um, so yeah, movie morsels. Peter Sellers' character, Inspector Jacques Clouseau, was originally intended to have a small role in the film, but his performance was so popular with the audiences that he became the main character in subsequent films. Between 1964 to 93, nine Inspector Clouseau or related films would be released. Although Inspector Clouseau from 1968 and the movies made after Peter Sellers' death are mostly not considered canon, all but two would carry the Pink Panther title. But only four of the films actually deal with the Pink Panther diamond itself. This one, The Return of the Pink Panther from 75, Trail of the Pink Panther from 82, and Curse of the Pink Panther from 83. Uh, the reason they still kept the Pink Panther in the title was because it had become synonymous with Inspector Clouseau. Um, I don't get. I don't feel like this concept or these characters deserve that many movies. Like they didn't. I, I it's, don't it's, get the, it. it's the most baffling franchise. It's yeah. the most baffling franchise. Um, the films. I mean, other than like you know Transformers. The the film's iconic those. title sequence uh, featuring the cartoon Pink Panther was created by David H. DePatty and Friends Freling. Freling? 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 Uh, David oh, Niven's Fringe, character. Freling, Freling, yeah. Fr- yeah, Freling, yeah. Uh, David Niven's character, uh, Sir Charles Linton, is based on the real-life jewel thief, Arsène Lupin. Uh, the film was originally titled The Pink Diamond... But the title was changed to The Pink Panther to capitalize on the popularity of the animated title sequence. Pink Diamond would not have got nine movies. No. I'll, I'm making that call right now. Oh Nothing, gosh. no movie called The Pink Diamond would have got nine sequels. A lot of this movie was literally just spun off because of the intro and the like the music and stuff. The music? It won awards. It yeah. won an Academy It, it carried this movie. Sometimes a few times I just closed my eyes and listened to the music and didn't watch the movie. Claudia Cardinal's character, Princess Dalla, was originally written as a more minor role, but her performance was uh, expanded during filming. Claudia Cardinal could not speak English, so Princess Dalla's dialogue was dubbed by twenty-year-old Gail Garnett. Oh my gosh! Mm. Didn't even notice the dubbing. It was good dubbing. Please tell me that Gail Garnett had like a, a substantial career doing something, because she was, I I think, her her ability to to express and like, okay, I'm, I'm looking. Really Speak English. There. How did she mouth the words? Doesn't make sense. Uh, her her accent was Bombay so heavy. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, in the bath scene, Capuchin and Robert Wagner and. Uh, uh, an industrial strength foaming agent was used, which burned both the stars. I mentioned that earlier. Um, yeah. And in the director's commentary for the DVD of this film, uh, he tells the story of picking up sellers from the airport and immediately bonding over their shared love of old comedians like Buster Keaton and Harold Ooh. Lloyd. Rest in peace, Buster Keaton. Um, who uh, Blake Edwards was friends with, actually, was Harold Lloyd. Um, by the end of the car ride, they had agreed to change the Clouseau character to incorporate Schlapstick. Uh, cinematography from Philip Lothrop, Lothrop uh, edited by Ralphie Winters, music by Harry Mancini, uh, December 18th, 1963, uh, in Italy, but and March 18th, 1964, for a U.S. release date. It had a, it's Hen- Henry Mancini, yes. 
Uh, running time of 113 minutes, a budget of $3 million estimated, uh, with a box office of $10.9 million. It was a huge success at the time. It's made a lot of money. It's still a huge success, a even with your marketing budget, too. Yeah. 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 Um, Gail Garnett, I'm doing a little mm-hmm. quick little search on her. Um, New mm-hmm. Zealand born, became a Canadian citizen. Uh, oh, penned. Wow. The Grammy-winning um, folk song we, "We'll Sing in the Sunshine." Um, she ended up having a pretty lengthy career. Um, her last bit of work um, seemed to come in 2005. She was in um, "My Big Fat Greek Wedding" and um, did uh, a lot of Canadian shows, including "Kung Fu: The Legend Continues." Ian, everybody Jean, did and Kung Fu. <laughs> the Edison Twins as well. And the episode of The Lilith Hobo, because everyone did The Lilith Hobo. Oh, man, I feel like we're in an, on an X-rated episode now where we're constantly talking about how all those actors were in every other Canadian show. Yeah, but um, <laughs> a great career that um, that stemmed out of it. Pretty good for her. Big bucket of win for her. She's still alive, which is good. Um, 80 years old, but uh, here's to you, Gail. You get some credit. Yeah, for Appreciate sure. Your fine work. Yeah. Rewatchability. Uh, no, I'm not putting myself <laughs> through that again. No. Um, if you ever, if there, if you ever go to a screening of the movie and it has a live score performance, go to see it. Um, oh, get like a little, um, you know, blindfold <laughs> on mm-hmm. and just <laughs> listen. Just listen. Yeah. yeah, that's the best advice you can ever get about this yeah. movie. Yeah. Now that some spare change for you. Ooh, I should have like a little jar of change and just, you know, just shake in the background. I'll just, I'll make you, I'll make you a banner, and we'll just put it up on screen whenever you say something spare changey. Oh yes, um, is that all the movie morsels? That's yes. all the movie morsels. Ooh, you, really the you didn't catch one in the box office. Oh, so I, there's something on the floor. What do we got? Okay, this song. Uh, that was played. Um, I believe it's called "Let's Make It Tonight" or uh, uh, "Let's." Is it "Let's Make It Tonight"? Anyways, um, with the distinctive opening of "Dun Dun 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 Dun," has uh, been sampled um, in recent times, most notably by Canadian rap group Swollen Members for their classic song. Bring it home. Yes, I knew you would get that. <laughs> Slap the tattoo. I should have done that. Um, <laughs> Please don't do that. Oh wow! Uh, wow! Wow! I haven't heard that name in a long time. Swollen yes, wow. um, Devin, I know you would not get that <laughs> at all. But um, as someone who has consistently been in a lot of karaoke bars. Uh, in the GTA for the last like 10 or so years. Bring It Home by Swollen Members is one that is revered um, <laughs> due to one, it's uh, re-listenability. Uh, I messed up that word, but we'll still go roll with it. Um, as well as its cheesiness and um, its opening um, notes are, are infectious and I did not realize that it sampled from this score until I was watching the movie and I was immediately able to pull it. So um, kudos. Once again, this is how iconic 
this score is, right? Okay. Where people 30, 40 years are still uh, mining it, right? The content, the Pig Panther theme stands alone as That'll one of the go. best, one of the best pieces of film music ever created. Mm-hmm. But even when you're seeing like the side, the B side is is also being mined for resources. Kudos to that. Great job, Henry. Yeah. And deep cut swollen members. Swollen members. Yeah. With the deepest cuts. All right. Now the big question. Does it hold up? You first, Jamil. Uh, I I realize how appreciated this movie is, but for me, no. No, it doesn't. Um, Like, get the album, the film album. Uh, I think people Mm. should watch it. Right, but you'll never watch it again. It does not hold up as a movie. No, I mean, no, no, just, no. yeah, yeah, no, no. I like no, at yeah, the no. like at like at the end of the day, it was yes, it it was the the kickoff point for a massive franchise. But if you really want to watch something Pink Panther, watch the Steve Martin one. Uh, no, no. I don't know. I've never seen it, but it's not know. good. I, I don't, don't think like that's either. Prime Steve Martin. It's not Prime Steve Martin, but it's a better version of the Pink Panther. Just watch the animated series. <laughs> you know, that the, too, the, yeah. the cartoon Panther is a cool guy, Matt Frewer. Yeah, nice thing. Pink, pink, pink. Yeah, man. Um, no, it doesn't hold up. And I went in with 110% wanting to love this movie. And so I was worried that I was just disappointed because my expectations were too high, but you guys didn't care for it either. So it wasn't just me. Um, all right, let's move over to theater two. For Jamil's pick. Jamil. Out of Sight from 1998, starring George Clooney, Jennifer Lopez, Don Cheadle, Ving Rhames, and Viola Davis. A hell of a cast. I mean, I could take your lead, Jennifer Lopez. Not Steve Zahn. Oh, and Steve Steve Zahn. He's good in this. I should have... All right, I'm going to throw him in there. You're right. And directed by Steven Soderbergh. I also got Louise Guzman. Louise Guzman. Louise Guzman was in it. Yeah, yeah. Albert Brooks. Um, oh, I gotta put Albert Brooks in there too. I love I Albert see Brooks. Washington. Um, Albert Brooks was almost too good for this movie. Um, <laughs> not in yeah. this movie, but just in general. I love Albert Brooks more than I love this movie. That's for sure. That's I like movie. Albert Brooks. I don't like him that much. Yeah. Oh man, he does all the best Simpsons well, guest voices. You'd never believe how many Simpsons characters he voices. So I, I think you you misunderstand what I mean. I like him. Oh. I don't like him as much as I love this movie. So, okay. spoiler alert: you and I are coming to different sides of this movie. Oh yes, I, I, I knew I oh, knew right. that I, I would have to do so, uh, be talking a lot for this movie. So, which is fair. Well, well, let's refresh our palettes with a little trailer. What do you guys say? Oh, I hate the trailer. All right. <laughs> Does it give away the whole movie? Because a lot of the only have a few times in your life. <laughs> oh, once. You always remember it because it was there and you let it go and you think to yourself, what if I had stopped? No bills at the bottom of the drawer, please. 
after your first time being around all the joy of the movie I'm doing great all the Thank hipness you. Have a nice day they think it's like you bound or Thank you, flooded it. <laughs> Get out of the car, sir. This making it well, seem a bit more cheesy of a movie. A bit more comedy. All you can get ask for the Just right that way. music they chose. That's the complete wrong music for this trailer. It's okay, we're the good guys. What are you doing here? You're just a girl. What do you do for a living? You pack a shotgun. I'm a federal marshal. Of course, the Isley Brothers. I fucking love it. I'm in. Let's go. But it's not the right one for this movie. Hey, comfy. You have got to be. For this trailer. Now you be a good girl. Now yeah. I'm gonna open up the. Oh yeah, the where it shows up in the movie is fun. Down and have cocktails with a woman who tried to shoot you. It was an unusual experience. What's with this background music? Don't, don't, don't. Oh, what, one last score? Because it was like 98, man. That was like a common. I feel like an island. Think of an island. Not exactly a 9 to 5 type. Who is? I'm pretty sure the person who made this trailer also did the trailer oh for Gili. It's beautiful. Thanks, Dad. Here, ma'am, let me help you with these. Now, I didn't ask for your help, so don't expect a tip. Oh, that's okay, ma'am. I'm gonna just take the care. I've uh, vertically integrated myself, you know, now I'm into the occasional grand larceny, home invasion. Huh. You waved at you? Couldn't swear to it, but I'm pretty sure you did. Did you wave back? She's are shooting men! Nah, I'm dick, they're trying to open up the safe, now you're made. Ever wear one of these? I don't ski. I'm a federal officer, I can't handle myself. You wanted to tussle. We tussled. Whoops. You're having too much fun. Trailer did this by Danny DeVito. Yeah. Fight the powers that be. Yeah, I was like, right, I got, I got, if you just named that. I got one thing I got to say about this movie, and then I'm gonna shut up for a while because I don't think I have a lot more to say about this movie. Um, one, Don Cheadle's pretty much great and everything. Um, two, so is George Clooney, and George Clooney's record is like really good like i can't remember many george clooney movies i've seen that aren't good or great um oh brother where art thou is great um good night good luck like he's in great movies um i didn't really like that solaris one or whatever he was in was that yeah, him? Was... <laughs> yeah but you know he's got a good track record and he's good in this and so is ving rames viola davis of course he's uh -oh. on. albert brooks great actors yes Jennifer Lopez is not a good actress. At least not in this. Like, again, another charisma vacuum. Anyone could have played her role and it probably would have been better. Two, her character and her character's motivations are awful. This movie would have been better without her in it at all. And three, the last thing I have to say, hanging a lantern on the part in this movie they knew was horrible doesn't make it okay. I hate when modern movies do that. They know they're writing something just awful that you couldn't even get away with in like writing school, so they just hang a lantern on it. And when they did that in this movie, was it like, oh, you know what I hated about that movie? Was that how they got together so fast for no reason, which is exactly what happens between her and George Clooney, but hanging a lantern on it doesn't make that any better. It's a terribly written romance thing that they do there they have no chemistry and yeah i, I don't need to watch any more jennifer lopez movies i'm done, I'm done. Oh, okay 
She was uh, surrounded by such good actors that she was noticeably not as good oh, as the rest of them. Okay. I mean, I'm done. Wow. I'm done, promise. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, hey. I, I liked the movie. Disagree with Davin's take a bit. Uh, I felt like Jennifer Lopez Jamil's was actually one of her better roles himself. that I've seen yeah. her in. Um, that I ain't saying it. much. She can dance. Not wrong. She's not an actress, at least not a wow. great one. Oh, okay. Um, not yeah. You know, I don't know. This was one of her better roles, and I thought she did really well in this film. And she held her own with the incredible cast that was in this movie. And it was very well paced. It was extremely well paced, and I loved yeah. uh, it. It the the detail in the the time jumping that was you know portrayed in the film um the, the the jokes hit there was really good quotable moments throughout the film i enjoyed the fuck out of don Cheadle's character um yeah um it was a good good film in my books i was liking what was going ha- going down i didn't i didn't have as much vile or vitriol for it as as davin would you know no i liked um, the movie just not when jennifer lopez was on screen <sighs> If you guys are you guys actually going to disagree with what I said about? I'm straight up disagreeing with what terrible. you said. Dude. You think you think those characters had? You think it actually made sense for those characters to like? They basically like fall in love after being in a trunk together for thirty seconds. It was did stupid they, did they and ridiculous. Fall, did they fall in love? Yes, basically, because they no, do whatever they can. Really. Yes, really. they do whatever they can to get together after that, just because of this, like because he liked a movie that she likes. It was so bad that they had to hang that lantern on it, but that doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it better. That's lazy writing, and it's awful. It, it didn't I, need, I'm, they I'm didn't need that my, romance plot. I'm going to try my best to not apply my knowledge of the character and the book when we're talking There's about the book? movie. There's a it's book. based yeah. off of a book. Yeah. I never heard was, of the book. I, that, that's the opening line. I, of, the, of, just of grab the book. Yeah. Okay. Um little brief history i hope it's not a morsel but i'll think the reason why danny devito um produced this is because he was in get shorty right which was another elmore leonard film right and due to the success of that and also the success of past elmore leonard uh books um danny devito thought it was a great jumping on point to to start producing more of his works Mm. elmore leonard is responsible for um justified is based off of his um his work 310 to yuma is based off of his work maximum bob the tv show is based upon his works like there is about 15 or 16 adaptations of his works and multiple remakes of his works um he has a specific style sure he does westerns crimes uh crime dramas and thrillers but um his books usually has like uh, the bad guys are cool and stylish. Um, you know, there's a lot of wordplay and a lot of back and forth dialogue. Um, you want to cheer for the heroes, but at the same time, the uh, the villains are also cool. Even the really bad ones are still kind of cool, and you can appreciate no, them. George Clooney and Ving Rhames are cool, but nobody else is cool in this. Don movie. Cheadle is not cool in this movie. Uh, yeah, I disagree. Don Cheadle. I like the one cool. scene where he's trying to like sell all the shit to Albert Brooks. He's like, "Oh well, if you want a pillow, it's gonna be." Like, 
that that scene was Bosch great. But he was just like Bosch and Lom. He was good. He's like he's a good he actor, but I didn't like his character. I didn't want to cheer you know, for his character. Like he's, he doesn't. They're all a bunch you know, of kind of rapist scumbags. That's why he goes back to the mansion. He's like they're clearly gonna rape everybody in that freaking house. They're not characters you want to cheer for. Like I don't cheer for rapists. I don't find them charismatic. Now keep in mind, interesting. Keep in mind, you appreciate like Don Cheadle's character being on screen. That doesn't necessarily mean you want him to win, mind you. Yeah. Okay, he's a really good bad guy. He plays an he's really good bad guy. Like Isaiah Washington is a, a bad guy you don't want to win. You're not cheering for, and you you're happy to see his comeuppance. Who's that? Um, he's the um the the um the brother Viola Davis's brother, the most rapey one. Yeah, the yes. most rapey of the rapies, right? right? Who wants to tussle? No, of course not. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's talked about his, his dog Tuffy. I've been happy well, about that. All right. Well, let's let's get into this this plot. Sorry, this film as we break it. Okay, well, I think my favorite rails. scene opens the movie, so you might as well just click right into that. <laughs> well, yeah, basically. So let let me just sort of set this up. So, Out of Sight, nineteen ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Out of Sight is a stylish crime thriller directed by Steven Soderbergh and based on the novel by Elmore Leonard. The movie stars George Clooney as Jack Foley, a charming career bank robber who gets caught up on a spur-of-the-moment heist in Miami. Uh, the film opens with Foley being arrested and sent to the Glades. Um, and yes, uh, Davin, this is your favorite scene, the opening scene, basically. I had to get my partner assigned, and that's good. Now he's going to wait 30 seconds until I'm out of the building. Make sure you haven't set off the alarm. If you have, he's going to shoot you, Mr. Gwen, in between the eyes. Okay? What I love about this scene is if that guy who he says is his partner had just gotten up because he finished his meeting, his whole heist would have been screwed. This five minutes was way better. She's cute, isn't she? Yeah, like that guy. That guy there. If he'd have just got up and left a minute earlier, he'd have been so screwed. Who was that? Who was that? Yeah. I thought that was funny. Like, now that's a bad guy. I don't usually cheer for bad guy characters, but he's more of a bad guy character you can cheer from. Like, he wants to stop rapists. He never is violent. He just steals money from banks. Does not like using guns. Does you not know, like you, yeah. commits his crime using his... Yeah. Well, I think George Clooney picked the role because it reminded him of sort of like that old school style of like protecting this hero where it's like Steve probably stealing some money. Yeah, Steve McQueen style. But, you know, he's he's also not a complete like monster. Um, I think you flooded it. Yeah, I think you flooded it. Um, So, yeah, George will show up uh, in the next movie, too. He gets caught after a spur-of-the-moment heist in Miami. The film opens with Foley being arrested and sent to the Glades Correctional Institution, uh, where he meets fellow inmate Chino, played by uh, Luis Guzman. Luis Guzman! Luis Guzman, and begins to plan his escape. Uh, Apparently, a little fun fact, I didn't add this one to Movie Morsels, but I thought I'd throw this in. So, this whole scene where George Clooney is uh, just being terrible at basketball, Apparently, George Clooney's really good at basketball. Yeah, he's good at it. And it ate him up and embarrassed the hell out of him because he had to pretend he was bad at basketball. And during this scene, it was actual correctional, like, prisoners. So he had to be in front of, like, hundreds of real-life prisoners and pretend he was bad at basketball. And it just destroyed him. (laughs) He hated the scene. Um... 
So yeah, basically, uh, Luis Guzman is introduced with uh, his lover. I forget this actor's name, but he's apparently he was really popular uh, back in the day. Um, I don't really recognize him. Time. I don't recognize him at yeah. all. I don't recognize him either. And I kind of recognize this guard, but I forgot to get his name as well. Yeah, I don't recognize um, him either. No, you know what? Unless... I have seen that actor before. I can't tell you his name, but yeah, that guy there. He's definitely seen him before. He's, he's done some 90s work somewhere. But yeah. Um, so basically, Clooney gets on to the fact that Guzman's uh, Super Bowl Sunday is moving up because he noticed like, that uh, Chino was running a little lighter. Uh, Chino points out the fact that they're basically extending the fence. And if they do that, that's 10 more days of digging. So they need to get out of here. Um, so... Foley calls his ex-wife Adele, played by Catherine Keener, who looks gorgeous in this movie. Yep. Like, I don't think she's ever looked better. Uh, I mean, she's definitely looked amazing, but I was. I know a big her from anything. Her in this film. Hot grandma. <laughs> hmm? Hot grandma. <laughs> never heard of it. No, it's a forty-year-old virgin. <laughs> yeah, oh, I never saw that. Movie. She, she was also, I believe, if I'm. No, uh, be John Malkovich. Movies. Um, yeah. Oh, being an American. Okay. Um, she's been in a bunch. About last night. Um, so yeah, Adele is a an in and out work magician, work magi- in and out of work magician's assistant, and uh, he calls her to notify. Uh, so she'll notify his friend and accomplice, Buddy, who's played by the incomparable Ving Rhames. Um, let him know about the Super Bowl Sunday breakout, where we get introduced to Bing Rams' character. He helps the old lady he saw in the trailer, and he just takes her car, which was a great line. Let's take which, to me, makes no sense because she would report that car missing. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of there's a few moments where it's like, wait, what? Why would they? But that was just like across the movies across all the board. Um. So yeah, he steals that. Meanwhile, U.S. Car- U.S. Marshal Karen Cisco, portrayed by. Jennifer Lopez. Uh, not Sandra Bullock. Not Sandra Bullock, who was up for the role at one point. Yes. Uh, arrives. At, uh, yeah, she's. Would have been a lot better. They said that she didn't have the better. chemistry uh, yeah. to do oh the role. God. Oh, my God. What That's What is this actor's name? Did. I thought I put this David down. Fiera. Uh, um, David Fiera. Dennis Farina. Dennis Farina, yes. Dennis Farina, all right. Yes. Dennis He's great in everything. Yeah. I mean, he always he plays, plays the same father. character, but. You know what? Yeah. I was a little, I was a little worried he was playing the like, the like, Sir Charles or whatever, like the fifty-eight-year-old love interest of Jennifer Lopez in this movie. That's what they wanted second. you to think in this scene. That was the yeah, and then he's like dad, and I was scene. like, oh, okay, cool, all right, I can get behind. But that, they still you know? kiss on the lips too often for a little my too, taste. little too much. A little it's too cu- much. culturally okay. I'm going to defend that That's culturally. Yes, okay. um, Robert. Yeah, he's Forster. Italian. What's her excuse? Robert Foster <laughs> plays the same role in the TV series adaptation. Oh, I see. Yes. And um, um I like him in Carla, I don't want to leave my Carla Guncino. Carla Guncino. I always say her name wrong. Um Gene she Carlo plays Esposito? No. Um she was in um uh, Electrolux. <laughs> Only Electrolux I can think of as her, her roles. Uh, son-in-law, uh, she was in. Um, Son-in-law with Polly Shore, and who was his um, love interest in that movie? Oh, I don't really know her. I only know her from that movie, Son-in-law. 
she's been in a ton of stuff. Anyways, mm. I think it's Carla Goncino. Uh, she was in um, mm. uh, uh, the Frank Miller inspired mm. comic book movie. Uh, the good Sin one, City? not the bad one. Sin City, yes. <laughs> Sin City. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. Yes. She would have always made a great Poison Ivy. She would have made an incredible Poison Ivy. I really wish they would have made her Poison Ivy. Carla uh, Gugino. Yeah, Carla Gugino. Car- yeah, Carla Gugino. She played uh, Karen Oh, Cisco you're right. She- she's in a ton of things. Yes, yeah, she is. She's so gorgeous. Didn't that she marry that horror gorgeous. guy? So now she's in all of his movies? Is that her? No, you're thinking of um, um, was it not Wes pa- Paul Anderson um, for Resident Evil? All, he makes all those. No, the guy Resident makes Evil. all those Netflix. Yeah, no, that's her. That is her. No, like you're thinking Gerald's Game and The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah, yeah, she married the guy who wrote all those Netflix horror movies, and that's why she stars in all of them. Uh... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about the mass. other person that married the horror person, which is um, no, no, you know, no, 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 no. Resident Evil and yeah, um, like, Multipass. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Wow, I didn't recognize her from Son-in-Law. But yeah, like she's in all those horror movies on Netflix because she married that Mike guy who wrote them all. Sorry, um, I was talking about, um, what's it called again? Uh, Mila Jovovich, and she married Paul W.S. Anderson. Sorry, I got my my names Chris uh, Chris Cross. They're so similar. Okay. There we go. Anyways, um, anyways, so back to our story at hand. Uh, Adele, is, for whatever reason, she pulls up to the prison uh, where she just happens to show up at the same time that everyone's escaping. I don't know if they. I found she a was, few plot holes in this. She movie. was There's there. She was there because she things. was called up uh, to answer questions because uh, an inmate was questioning um, their rights. Uh, in terms of food choices so uh, as a sorry so yeah so she regularly does that where she has to drive up either to transport uh, trans, uh, transport um, criminals or she has to to go and investigate or answer questions on their behalf so in the middle of the night okay I gotta say yeah. this is the worst scene in the entire movie nothing that happens in the scene makes any sense like during a situation like this, none nobody notices that they're kidnapping a cop and putting her in a truck. Like, all eyes are down there from the guard tower and everything. Nothing in this scene, this was a badly written scene, or, like, badly directed scene. Like, all the cops that are chasing them just run off into the distance. Even though there's still things happening here at the fence. And, like, no, it. this was a bad scene. So, in the confusion of everything at the prison, uh, Foley and Buddy overpower Karen uh, with the shotgun, as Davin had pointed out, and they force her uh, to share the trunk with with Foley, um, and Buddy ends up driving off. They Uh, fall in love in 15 seconds because they saw the same movie. Um, Yeah, they're pretty much like Jan Prackton, and they have their whole conversation about, like, what are you doing? This is wrong. Are you, th- you ever see that movie? It's, you know, it is what it is. Start making um, small talk and, you know, they're there in driving for a while. Shit. She's like, I'm not about this shit covered. You, you're kind of cute, but you're covered in shit. I'm not about it. I hate um, when they write female characters like this. This movie that she would, already. that would, she would, she would be attracted to the bad boy. 
in this situation, yes. Given her job, she meets so, bad boys every single day. Like, and yeah. she's also and and they talk about her previous relationship where she hooked up with a criminal, and they question her about it, and she says, "And what did I do at the end?" And they, um, she, uh, they're like, "You shot him, and I shot him," and it's like, "Yep, <laughs> right." So it foreshadows exactly what's going to happen. But hang, again, hanging a lantern, I guess, doesn't make it good. It's different, I guess. But uh, anyway, um, yeah. so yeah, basically, didn't uh, work Buddy me. and Foley end up taking the car and and with Karen, and uh, they meet up with Glenn, played by the legendary Steve Zahn. Uh, Glenn, you mean Shades? Is, is shade? Does he still wear those oh. sunglasses? <laughs> Better make sure that you tell him not to wear those sunglasses, or I'm going to step on them, and I might not take yeah. it off of his face first. Mm. Love that. <laughs> He hates um, those so yeah, Karen eventually convinces uh, Glenn, aka Shades, to drive off with her. Um, but he apparently crashes. This is apparently something that happens off screen. But apparently, he crashes the car and flees while she's taken. No, it's it's on screen. Is it on screen? I yes. didn't see it. It's you on screen it. where she you didn't see it either. <laughs> what you didn't see it? Yeah, no, no. it's yeah. I don't. I, see okay, it. she. There's it's a scene in the movie I saw that did not happen. She yeah. talks to him. And she's she's recanting, oh, not recanting, but she's detailing the situation of um, where she found herself in the hospital. And she states that she was talking him and, you know, explained the situation and trying to get him off the road. He was refusing. She tried to commandeer the the wheel. Yeah, and she, he, she explains it like in, in the in the hospital. And you right? see it. Yeah. But it, did they, and then he they, crashes and then he runs out. <laughs> Oh yeah, they do. I guess they do cut that. Yeah, they do. Okay, so all right, so I guess there's a little thing. Anyway, um, Snoopy, you're introduced to. Yeah, we generally don't Snoopy. like flashbacks. Well, that, yeah, this there's a lot of time jumping of in this film. Yeah, uh, for the most part. Um, sorry, my notes are always <laughs> <important>. <laughs> for me. It probably would have worked. The film uses a nonlinear story structure to reveal Foley's backstory, including his time in prison with Chino and his relationship with wealthy inmate Richard Ripley, played by Albert Brooks. Uh, two years earlier, Foley and Buddy and Glenn were incarcerated at Lampock Penitentiary, where Ripley bragged uh, to Glenn about a cache of uncut diamonds hidden at the home in Detroit. Uh, Foley saved Ripley from being extorted by vicious criminal Maurice Snoopy Miller. Played by Don Cheadle. Also stupid. Uh, why would you say something like that in prison ever to any? People are dumb <laughs> in general. Dumb, yeah. Like Devin, I I challenge that. People are dumb in general. the The amount of things that they tell people that they shouldn't, without any prompting. I guess. I don't know. Just don't imagine whose characters character... are the best written characters. But just imagine he is an executive who practically married into. Um, you know, wealth um, bled He's the white collar criminal, bled the woman dry, and set up his own business. Got caught, right? Yeah. So, like, he was I, probably bragging. Yeah. I was gonna say, I like the scene where you know, after the fixed fight, this guy is like <laughs> gloating that he won a fixed fight, and they're like, "You shouldn't do that." Yeah. You know, it's really dumb yeah. and dangerous. You know, yeah, which ends up proving to be a thing because he gets shanked in the line. 
and uh, this is this is the beginning of when Foley starts to help Albert Brooks' character out. He's like, "Keep moving. We're not going to talk about this. We're just going to keep moving. <laughs> that man's going to bleed mm-hmm. to death, and we're going to keep moving." He didn't want them um, to ask you questions. I think is what he says. He's <laughs> like, "You don't want to ask no answer no questions." Yeah, so we basically go from like that like flashback scene to you know these guys walking to the hotel, and then you get this the scene where you think, "Oh, she's caught up to them, and she's proceeded to." track fully down to the hotel that they're at however she knows this who knows um and she's you know coming into the steamy hot bedroom gives him the eye and basically like starts to bone him in the tub in the most uncomfortable way of having sex only to wake up that she's in the hospital and that's kind of where i was like wait how did she get to the hospital you know um and I think that's what threw me off. I think I was so confused by that. I didn't really pay attention to the fact that they showed a scene of how she got to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> it just, he, he, he uh, the lovemaking was so intense in the uncomfortable bathtub that she hurt herself and hit her head. Yeah, well, yeah, I was like, <laughs> is that slippery what, like, what in happened? those bathtubs. <laughs> it is slippery in those bathtubs. It was right it was on the faucet. Amazing. Um, so yeah, basically we saw this whole scene where Don Cheadle is, is fleecing, uh, Ripley's character, you know, a couple yeah. hundred bucks for pillows, a couple thousand bucks for fish. Yeah. Uh, um, Clooney comes to she, save the he day. Sicks, he sicks his thug on him, number 39 yeah. in the penal code. Oh, number 39 yeah. out of what, 20? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they had the other inmate, you know, give him the heads up, break it up, uh, you're out of here. Got too um, excited with all this reading his fundamentals shit. Apparently there's a line here where she, where Jennifer Lopez says that that doesn't look anything like Foley from this photo. Apparently this photo is actually from his Dusk Till Dawn uh, film production. Oh, it looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get introduced Keaton. What a waste of Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. It's not a waste, technically. It's not a waste, actually, Davin. When I looked into this, apparently there's a reason for this. There's a whole reason. I'd rather Michael Keaton have played Jennifer Lopez's role. <laughs> okay. Um, it's going to be in the movie Morsel, so I'm not going to mention it. Um, but I do like the... Uh, so, Jennifer Lopez uh, character, Karen Sisko, in another show of why she picks absolutely the best people to have a relationship with, she's in a relationship with um, Michael Keaton's Ray Nicolette, who is currently married, or sorry, separated, but still living in the same house. Yeah, not um, separated, 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 but not separated, yes. separated, but not divorced. No, yeah. He's basically he's cheating. He's a cheat. So um, Dennis does a great job of basically grilling, grilling him. And um, um, at the end of the sequence, practically just shines light that, you know, you know, he's still with his wife. And I, I love this whole exchange, too, as it's going on. Yeah, Anyways. between between Clooney and and jennifer lopez is like oh i got your number and all that stuff um yeah but yeah it was a surprise to see keaton show up and get the news broadcast that you know uh the one of the runaways for chino has died and then they start getting the idea that you know adele and or chino might be looking for adele so she's there with a cigarette to oh no this isn't your favorite scene no wait um where chino finds out where adele is and um yeah yeah confirms where she is <laughs> with the color your world um uh painter's outfit that he was wearing i love that yeah dope you know what uh, i after seeing um uh guzman in this in this movie 
I get I could I could get why he could be a decent uh, uh, Adam Gomez. Um, That's the character Luis Gomez played in like the first twenty movies he was in. <laughs> yeah, he was just a good looking that man is. <laughs> <laughs> but like, look at how thin and like, you know. Oh, he's, he's so handsome. He's looking trim. So, such a handsome. Looking trim. It's a so long time back. ago, though. To be fair, so a long time ago. Yeah, it was, it was like three twenty. Yeah, some odd years ago. Getting there. God time. Um, I'm lost in my notes. So yeah, basically. Fire okay. In which so, we burn. Um, <laughs> the um the police are closing in on Clooney and Ving Rhames' character, buddy, and um they decide that there's nothing else that they can do. Um, they need to head off to the actual heist, so they head off to Detroit. Karen Cisco's in tow, right? And um, so in Detroit, Maurice so, plans to steal the diamonds with his brother yeah. in law, Kenneth. That's when we're getting one, used to these characters. One thing about this movie is they do a great job of, of really visually telling you where each place is. It is not Florida, it doesn't have the pinks and the the fluorescent lights, the filter that was there. You have this metallic blue filter that's being used the moment that they step foot in Detroit. The the, the blacks are a little darker and bluer. Um, Dingy you know, the can music... we make Detroit look. <laughs> there's a bunch of POV shots I kind of skipped over, but there's at least a good like 30, 40 second POV intro shot of Detroit that, uh, that Soddenberg had gone out and actually filmed himself. Yeah, um, on his thirty-fifth birthday of all days. Um, yes, so yeah. Elmer Leonard traditionally um, puts a lot of his books um, in Detroit. He, you know, was um, raised in Detroit, and therefore it is a major character for him. He's the Stephen King of Detroit. He is um, Stephen King <laughs> referred to him as the great American um, author. Well, I, I certainly wasn't saying Stephen King was that. <laughs> 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 um, at this point, we're introduced to Kenneth, played by Isaiah Shawshank Redemption, and, uh, and Maurice's henchman, White Boy Bob, who's played by Kenneth Lonaker. Yeah, White Boy um, Bob. White Boy Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Watch uh, the road. Right White, White Boy. It's just like he's that's White Boy Bob. Like, um, so yeah, they take a reluctant Glenn, who Maurice forces to help kill a rival drug dealer. Um, Foley and Buddy uh, eventually meet with Maurice and his crew at the boxing ring. Um, and Steve Zahn yeah. is so stupid. His character is so stupid. Oh, yeah, but I could believe point. that character. Yeah, it's very well, I believable. did too. But it's just like, man, you're swimming in a sea with sharks and you are not a shark. Like, get yeah, out yeah. now. Get out of the it's water. Very much a guppy. Yeah. And like, George um, Clooney pretends not to be a shark, but he is. Yeah, just not a violent one. You know. I, I love this. I love this scene because it's just like all of them are like not backing down. You just see how out of place Steve Zahn's character is, right? It's, so it's just so great. No one's backing down. It's just like somebody, being in jail. And they found somebody who actually makes Bing Rames look small. Yes. White <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, boy Bob's uh, a big boy. That's a big boy yeah. there. It's usually the so, role yeah. they'd give to a professional wrestler. Like Bam Bam Bigelow would have played that role like six years earlier. Oh, yeah. he definitely would have. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically, uh, Foley and Buddy agree with Mar to, to with Maurice to, to team up and do the robbery. 
um, following Foley Detroit. Karen questions Maurice's wife, Mazelle, uh, played by Nancy Allen. Wait, no. What? No, that's no Midge. Be... Midge is played by Nancy yeah, Allen. Pidge's, You're yeah, talking Midge, about Viola. Okay. Viola, Viola Davis. Davis. Yeah, my notes. Viola Davis because I because earlier I had Midge and it was like Midge was Viola Davis. And I'm like, no, that's Nancy Allen, and I forgot to correct the Nancy Allen to Viola Davis. Um, but yes, There's Viola a lot of Davis. actors in this who are good in everything. She's one. Albert Brooks is one. George Clooney. Oh, she's yeah. so amazing. Um, Strong actress. And basically, she defends herself when Kenneth attempts to. Uh, to assault her because there's this whole interaction which is now, this is, which this is, my... is leading up to to, to jameel's are we not doing now. my favorite m- moment oh no this is your favorite I'm moment here. yes um, yeah your so... favorite moment is the rapey guy no 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 it's I, i'm i was thinking <laughs> it's more specifically this. Good bitches love i think this is what that you're is. talking about you know what that is what is a bow I basically turned away from this scene i found this kind of unwatchable no that shit don't mean nothing to me I let the monster out. You're going to do what it wants. I got to go, Kenneth. Maybe we'll see each other again mm, sometime. No, 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 no. We're going to tussle first. <laughs> Damn it! What the fuck was that? You wanted to tussle. We tussled. Tussle. <sighs> Love it. The delivery of that line was her best line in the whole movie. <laughs> I, I, I found it odd when the, the screen just froze for a second. I was like, am I... Did my player just freeze? Oh no! That you didn't was like it, those cuts. I didn't like those cuts. I wasn't. I like those cuts. Like a newspaper or whatever. Yeah, I like those cuts. I found them jarring in a couple of, of spots. Timeouts. Yeah. Um, so Ripley's. Yeah, uh, we're getting into. I was expecting more mansiony, to be honest. But you know, big house, nice house. Well, technically, well, yeah, it is. It is Ripley's place. One of them probably has several. Yeah, this is Detroit house. <laughs> yeah, apparently he didn't put his biggest house in Detroit. Built, but the interior wasn't done yet until the film crew came through and they showed the interior. And then the people were like, "We really like your idea for the interior. Can we have the blueprints?" And then they made the film. They actually completed the house to look like the movie interior. It's the whole thing. Yeah, um, um, I stay corrected. Uh, they do mention that he has a house in Florida as well. Uh, so continue okay um so yeah we uh we then get another time jump where we're then it's revealed that we're uh foley because he helps uh ripley in prison ripley was going to offer him a job but that job ended up being a security job which he was not about um and this is his ice cream for freaks you know, go the hard way. Um, but that was his catalyst for basically heading off and, and robbing the bank that we saw in the opening scene with uh, SunTrust. Um, and then uh, leads, uh, then the story cuts to, to, you know, Foley finds Karen at her hotel uh, where they proceed to share a romantic interlude at the bar and spend the night together. And you get this whole, apparently a lot of this dialogue during the scene was improvised. Um, it feels very natural to me. Yeah, I don't want to say to, to overall because Davin will say no. It feels so forced. <laughs> you just say they're not. They're clearly not skilled improvisers as actors. It's not like they had like yeah no no. Um, so yeah, Glenn gets it's not George Clooney's strong point. 
So and I the, don't the, think Jennifer Lopez is a good actor. So the night of uh, the, the the heist, uh, Glenn uh, decides to get cold feet, and he runs into Karen. Um, who she decides to let him escape, uh, but she's going to continue to tail Foley and the thieves as they force their way into uh, Richardson's mansion. So uh, like, just God, they should have switched her and Viola Davis's roles. <laughs> Viola Davis should have played her. No, I disagree. Give Jennifer anyway, Lopez the minor role. The heist wasn't supposed to be tonight. The heist was supposed to be the following night, right? Yes, yes, and the following night, but they were. What was happening is Buddy and Jack were going to meet up with, uh, with uh, Shades, and then leave from there and go directly to Ripley's. And then when Zon, um, when Shades left, uh, it found out that uh, Maurice had the exact same idea to do it early and do it the same night. So they all went together and proceeded to do the heist. This is one of these cases where I enjoyed the movie more watching it. On the rewatch we're doing here in the discussion, I'm finding a lot of the things I didn't like out of it standing out more. Like, there's a lot of mirroring and foreshadowing in this movie. I know it's intentional. Like, she says she shoots her boyfriend, so again, she does it again later. And, like, same with... um, um what you were just talking about about how um how they were going to do the the heist uh, a day early and then day early, and that yeah. happens in the prison break earlier like yeah they do a lot of that which yeah. i didn't i don't think that i think it was overdone they did that too many times where oh. it becomes more like the the style I can tell you, and the theme of the movie i could tell you about 10 or 15 more stuff they they clearly state where exactly the um mm. where the the diamonds are going to be because of the because fish what does yeah why does maurice get yeah. why does he get fish and what does um what does buddy say have you ever seen an uncut diamond they just look yeah, like plain old like rocks, rocks. Yep. yeah Make too um, much of that so yeah <laughs> Which i didn't notice as much of it on the first watch and 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 that's the i'm sorry i'm sorry chris i'm sorry uh that is that is the the pace and the style of the movie at work, when you really stop and like dissect each moment down, it just becomes like it's a, con, con, yeah, it's holes. But when you, when you present it with such a style and pace, right, it all flows together and therefore you're just swept away with the movie. Pacing saves this movie, but I prefer the pacing. You say pacing movie. saves this movie. Pacing is part of the plan of the movie. They're not going to like, Oh, um, Midge seems no, really good. Like, Midge is really good, so the, we're going to give her a five-minute monologue and just have her talk. You know, I just endlessly. meant like, had the pacing been off, a lot of these holes would have stood out a lot worse. Like the pacing, kind of like that's covers the difference up between the an okay movie and a great movie. Good movie. I'm, I'm sorry. I you're correcting me when I didn't need to be corrected. <laughs> That's fair. We'll do that in the later. <laughs> we'll talk about segment. that later. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Murphy. Continue, please. Okay. So, uh, basically, the whole crew has. He acts like he doesn't range. expect this coming into every episode. But anyway, continue, Murphy. <laughs> Was that five minutes? Was that five seconds? <laughs> no, I definitely only waited three or four that time. Okay. Sorry, Fairball. Murphy. Fairball. I'm gonna mute myself. Continue. Me too. Uh, it's not you I gotta worry about who's muted. <laughs> it's him. It's him. Actually, I'll be right back. So continue. God. Anyway, that was so... your chance. 
Yeah, I know. Let's see if I can actually get through this plot synopsis. Uh, so yeah, the mansion has been has been broken into by everybody. This actually is leading to my favorite scene between uh, Kenneth and Midge while they're they're breaking through. Um, sadly, he's not going to be here for that, but whatever. Can't stop fucking with the radio, man. Put on a CD. I don't, know, I don't recognize none of these bands, Mo. Just pick somebody. Well, how to sing like Michael Bolton? Michael Bolton. The way he looks at him, just like defeated. He's just, to, huh? Don't make me shoot you. I like Schubert. I like Schubert. Schubert. Why well, don't? Why well, don't? <laughs> that scene, it broke. It broke me so hard when I saw that. Um, I, I. I'm involved with a lot of classical music in my general profession, and it's just like, Schubert, why don't I died? That was right in my wheelhouse of comedy, that was. Um, Have we gone to Devin's scene that holds up, or is there none? No, it was. It was the very first scene. That was his scene. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, you're right, you're yeah. right, you're right. Continue, yeah. continue. Um, so yeah, this is basically, at this point, things are starting to go downhill. We've got Big Bob taking, you know, steaks from the fridge, and Clooney's basically fine and uh richardson in a in a closet with a hard line and girls him about everything um uh so basically while maurice and his crew are struggling to shoot open the safe upstairs uh richardson foley and buddy find richardson hiding in his study and discover the diamonds are actually hidden in the fish tank um Midge actually gives these guys the lock so they can open it to find out there's wigs inside of it which is pretty funny i was like ha <laughs> it's all Florida wigs. I, I wasn't paying attention to the fact that the, the diamonds were going to be in the tank. I like that. I thought that was a smart play um, and a good reveal. Um, but yeah, Richard didn't want to leave because he's in love with Midge and refuses to leave without her because of that. You know, he's captured by Maurice uh, because these guys, you know, Buddy and Foley, they grab the diamonds and they're about to dip. But that's when Foley has the second conscious and he's like, okay, well. But, you know, buddy, you take the diamonds, you head away, um, and he's going to go back with Sorry buddy's about that, gun and gets into Major it with, cold. Uh, yeah, no worries. I've been holding it. And in then I had to freshen up my free beer. I would never buy it. It's Budweiser. I hear it turns you gay or something, but, you know, we'll find out. Okay. It's oddly. Anyway, so Foley finds Buddy, uh, sends him away. Foley uh, ends in and... Uh, you know, Maurice and Big Boy have got Richardson, but Foley goes to Kenneth as he attempts, as basically Kenneth's attempting to rape Midge at this point. But uh, what I want to know is, what's the frequency, Kenneth? What's the frequency, Kenneth? <laughs> um, well, uh, two barrel shots. Emil's jamming out to it. Um. So yeah, he goes to reach for his pistol. Midge throws a blank on him, and that's when Foley goes for the kill shot, which was pretty cool. It was good comeuppance. Um, kill all the rapists. That's what I say. Yep. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. He's basically uh, uh, Foley escapes this shooting, and he's about to head on his way out when Big Boy Bob uh, holds him up, and you think Big Boy Bob's gonna get it, but he ultimately trips and falls and blows his own brains out. Which that was a bit was... much, but it was it got a chuckle out of me. But I'm like, I don't apparently know. Apparently, you're not the only one that got a chuckle way. out of it. Apparently, Jamil, you're still muted. Audience. Yeah, foreshadowed repeatedly. Um, every single time he goes up the stairs, he trips. He falls. So, I did notice that. Yeah, yeah. 
That um, foreshadowing works because it helps the joke. That I didn't mind that. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yes. Yep. So, and yeah, one of the most later. realistic, one of the most realistic shootouts I've seen in a modern picture because people don't know how to shoot, right? Really. Realistically, people are terrible shots. Unless you you're there at a range or you you're properly like thing no one's gonna be like shooting someone you know and hit them yeah yet not too far on the other end and like even a four-year-old can shoot better than a, like a, a stormtrooper for example like <laughs> yes there's it's going too far the other way where no one can hit anything and it's just like what are we even doing here <laughs> well they yeah. start fighting and they fight like two people who are in yeah. a real street fight <laughs> which is yeah. once it gets to the ground it just becomes an ugly mess of just bodies just jockeying for position, well, and every up, street fight eventually hits the ground. At this point, yeah, they 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 go for the guns that are basically in dead hands of each. You know, Clooney goes for the one in Kenneth, and Maurice goes for the one in Big Boy. I did like the shot where he pulls up. You know, Big Boy's blood covered, covered in blood, just completely covered in blood. There's like a big. You didn't even notice that. That is gruesome, though. Yeah, and then you know, would it even fire? That covered yeah, that's in a blood? good question. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It probably would get one round off. It's pretty gummed up. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, Lopez's character Karen comes in and enters the shootout with Maurice, uh, who attempts to shoot her. She kills him in self-defense. Um, <laughs> I mean, she which is do it which anyway. is the difference between like someone who's actually trained. You see, like pinpoint accuracy, three yeah. shots straight to the chest. Just like poop, poop, poop. <laughs> And accuracy um, later when she wants to hit George Clooney's leg and does. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Basically Good wrapping up here. Un, uh, f- you know, Foley points a gun at Karen because he's not willing to return to prison, but she's like, it's too bad. Gives him a shot in the leg, handcuffs him. Um, he was begging to kill her because he doesn't want to return. Yeah, he, he gets arrested either way. And the movie basically ends around this point. Ving Rhames gets away with the diamonds, uh, and Karen is escorting Foley to uh, Glade's prison, but they're joined by another detainee, which is... Uh, Did you guys show and talk about the fish tank when I was away? Yes. Uh, yes, I did like Jira that. Henry's it was a nice Samuel little L. Jackson. piece of scenery. I do like fish tanks. Yeah, it was it was it was a good it was a good reveal of the fish tanks. But yeah, we get a we get a cameo from Sam L. Jackson at the very end, which I didn't like. So weird from prisons. It's like nine times. I didn't like, what? We're getting Samuel Jackson for thirty seconds. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. But I didn't like it. Weird. Um, no, too jarring. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you why uh, when we get to the movie morsels. Just give me one hot second here. So yeah, Jackson basically mentions that he has not he's escaped prison nine times and uh he's you know wondering why they, they jammed them in the same van and George Clean's like, We probably have some things to talk about. Karen smiles and they drive away, and that's the end of the damn movie. Um and uh, it really opened Thank it up for, your for some patience. sort of sequel. <laughs> there's no sequel. So, clearly, Although you know, there's the a TV remake. There's a there's a sequel book. Well, Jack Foley appears in a different book. Uh, called Road Dogs, um, yeah. And Karen Cisco has her own TV show spinoff um, without Lopez. Um, it's not it's the, Jennifer the, Lopez. The character it's... is even worse than her portrayal of the character. I just don't like. It's like the Pink Panther again. It she did her character doesn't deserve a sequel, and that movie didn't deserve eight sequels. It's like 
I disagree. I, I love Karen. I think you, you might have a little rose-colored glasses on when it comes to this movie there, Jamie. At least her part in it, because I don't know, man. It was wooden. Her portrayal was so wooden. I didn't I didn't find that to be the case. I, she's I, I tried... I, sorry? <laughs> she's pretty. I'll give her that. <laughs> not, not even that. Um, maybe it's the archetype that I like, where it's like the... Uh, she's struggling to find her place in this this world, this male dominated world. So, uh, you know, even though she does not necessarily connect as well with women, um, she has a really great relationship with her her father. Does her father treat her like a boy? Not really, but kind of. You know, it's like the well, he sunny... treats her like a mini version of him. Like he's a cop, too, like the right? next in line. Well, he, he he was a cop, and yeah, now he's so um, like... a private investigator, I believe. Um, yeah. He turns into um, a Bill Bondsman, um, a Bill Bondsman, Bill Bondsman, Bill Bondsman, yes, Bondsman. like uh, in Jackie Brown, like in Jackie Brown. Robert Forrester plays a Bill Bondsman, and he plays her father in the TV show. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm just stalling until Murphy comes back because no, yeah, no, I don't want to so say too much thing. because I don't no, want to. No, that's a perfect segue. So. That's a perfect segue into. The movie morsels for our 1998 film out of sight. Uh, Jennifer I mean, Lopez. To be fair, you we do usually do a couple things before the morsels, but go ahead. We're just gonna just gonna just gonna do this real quick. We'll yeah, this, we'll go straight to the morsels. Um, so yeah, uh, it's because there's so much that we want to discuss more. This will help. Uh, so movie morsels for Out of Sight, nineteen ninety eight. Jennifer Lopez's role as Karen Cisco was originally offered to several other actresses, including Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, and Nicole Kidman. Uh, before Lopez auditioned and won the part, I, I thought there was going to be more names. You will there, say I don't think. Kidman would have done it any better, but Sandra Bullock, way better actor. Than they Bullock said that Sandra things. Bullock and George Clooney had chemistry together, but not chemistry for the character. So Sandra Bullock almost got the part of Karen Sisko, but director Steven Soderbergh was against it. He said, "I spent some time with I spent some time with Clooney and Bullock, and they actually did have a great chemistry, but it was for the wrong movie. I'm sure they could do a movie together, but not an Elmore Leonard movie." Clooney and I don't Bullock understand what he was gravity. looking for for that character. Then I don't get it. Um, like you don't want charisma, you don't want personality. It's like, not the type of charisma that you want for that character, though. She's a little more comedic, Sandra Bullock. Could, yes, lives. very much so. Especially uh, during that time, she wasn't necessarily thought of as a, an action to to handle the action. Reality probably came out. That was after that, though. That was after oh. that, though. That was that was she was still in the the net and speed. while you were sleeping and speed. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So uh, Clooney and Bullock appeared in Gravity in 2013. Uh, Bullock would also appear in Ocean's Eight in 2018. Oh yeah, they were in Gravity together. Right, yeah, I forgot um, about that movie. And yeah, Ocean's Eight, oh, where Ocean's she played in 2018. Which she plays his sister. Oceans right I have to turn off my science brain to watch Gravity. I'll tell you that. But oh in God. Ocean's Eight, she <laughs> plays George Clooney's sister. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those Ocean's movies. Yeah, it's it's a damn shame we didn't get it um, for for this for Heist. Wow, 
we could have watched Ooh. Ocean's Eleven for the heist movies. But you, you, uh, hmm. Uh, anyway, so the trunk scene. I had to go uh, old because I knew you guys were. I had to dig a little older. Yeah, you could have. So you could have picked, picked Ocean's Eleven, nineteen sixty-three. Yeah. Oh, the original. Yeah, yeah. I could have. Yeah. yeah, good. Point. I would have been down for that. Anyway, but I was Peter um, Sellers, man. Oh well, <laughs> wasted. Uh, so yeah, the trunk yeah. scene where Jack and Karen are trapped in the trunk of a car was shot on location in a real trunk, with the where the actors actually locked inside for much of the scene. 45 times however uh it was it was the film was seen 45 times however none of these takes were used in the final cut as the test audience disliked the long single take uh the scene as it appears in the movie was a reshoot and the original long take is available in the dvd extras you know the Um, problem with that scene is that scene it's not that 44 out of 45 of them were bad it's that 45 out of 45 of them were bad and they had to use one of them they had to redo so, one I, of them entirely. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll take Devin's word on that because he's seen all 45 different takes. Uh, <laughs> no, but if they the 44, 44, if that was the good one in the test that audience, wasn't the that wasn't the good one. That was the one that the test audiences liked. Please don't wow. confuse what test okay. audience agree to, to. Okay. Fair. I just I'm just I'm just saying. That's that's a fair. I, point. <laughs> I can take I can take your your arguments about how how you feel that the the final cut of that that sequence doesn't necessarily play and seems very quick in terms of trying to bond the two characters together. And the hanging right? of the lantern on it is offensive because they think that excuses it and it makes it better. And I hate but when they do that. I I, I want the morsels to get through so we can have a little bit yeah, more of a discussion really, when it holds yeah. up. Um, so the film's climactic bank house sequence was shot in the same Detroit bank used in the classic heist film, The Thomas Crown Affair. Um, oh, yes. Uh, Elmer Leonard envisioned Jack Nicholson or Sir Sean Connery as Jack Foley when he sold the film rights to his novel. So we could have had Jack Nicholson or Sean Connery instead of Clooney. Jeez. Um, <laughs> too old. No, thank too you. Old. Yeah. Even old. Too old. Yeah. Uh, and Michael Keaton reprised his role as Ray Nicoletti. Keaton could have played that role. Cameo. He originally played him in another Elmore Leonard novel adapted film, Jackie Brown from 1997. Samuel Jackson. Jackie Lee. Brown was Elmore Leonard. Yes, their cameos. Jackie Brown's church. one of my favorite movies. I love Jackie Brown. Well, the original, like 10 the, times the original book movie. is called. Yeah, the original book is called Rum Punch. Ray Nicolette oh. is in that, which Michael Keaton plays. It was in production. It was being made just as Out of Sight started production. So oh, that's where the uh, right, yes. So that's why. Um, and I don't know if you were going to mention this, but um, Quentin Tarantino convinced Univer- um, Miramax to not charge Universal for Ray Nicolette's um, appearance because they could have. But he thought, um, you know, just Same do with the dust till dawn, right? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And and Samuel Jackson and Michael Keaton did both of their cameos free of charge. Uh, The cinematography was by Elliot Davis. It was edited by Ann V. uh, Coates. Uh, David Holmes did the music. Okay. Are are we not? Okay. Hang on. We gave Uh, Henry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let uh, you. Release date of June 26, 1998. Uh, a running time of 123 minutes, a budget of $48 million, with a box office of $77.7 million. Those are my movie morsels. Do we have any spare change from Jamil? 
Um, oh, so spare change. Uh, well, n- not really. You can take it down. Well, I want to talk about take it like, down. Take we, it gave, down. we gave um, Henry Mancini his flowers. David Holmes, Irish DJ David Holmes, kills it with this score. This score like is amazing. Other people's songs. Sorry. Like the best song in this was by the Isley Brothers. Oh, I oh, dude, I strongly disagree. You, you have there's a song in this better than the Isley Brothers. Yes, I agree. No more timeouts. That um that that theme that was played at the end. Um, you have the trunk scene music that is played throughout the 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 whole. No, I'm um, talking about the Isley Brothers, Jamil. Maybe yes, I'm I, I do hear you. Isley Brothers, I've seen them right? Live. I'm I'm talking the, about the Isley Brothers, theme. man. Fo- the Foley's theme that plays, you know, when um, you have the um, oh, you I think you flooded it, right? Uh, there is not the Isley Brothers. I'm, I'm Brothers sorry. Here, this this is one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. David Holmes is one of my favorite composers for soundtracks. This uh, was his um, jumping off point into doing a ton of stuff, especially with Sonnenberg. Um, He did the Oceans um, movies. Uh, David Holmes should have a a case of Oscars, right, with his work in terms of scorework. He is brilliant, and he does not get enough credit. I'm here to give this man his flowers. David Holmes. Sounded like spare change to me. That sounded like some spare change. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. right. we can proceed. No, all right. So back to where we. What do you think of the plot and storytelling here, fellas? Uh, I, I really enjoyed the plot and storytelling. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed. The strength. It took me. It took me. I liked a the plot better of... than the storytelling. I I enjoyed I... both. I enjoyed the way it was. It was paced. It was excellently paced film. Like excellently paced. Yeah. There wasn't a scene that didn't feel too long or too short. Everything was really cohesive. Everything was well connected. And the time jumping, although it, it threw me off at first, once I got into it, I was like, okay, cool. And when it was well done, great. I think the storytelling connected, but because all the <laughs> I think the storytelling, the plot. If we just break down the plot, it's not super not really great i think how they they detail like how they present the story is really what makes it work right and that's in the editing right and the um, quality actors they have. yeah so how they tell the plot how they tell the story i think is a lot stronger than just the plot itself yeah i just all my problems with the plot and story all center around jennifer lopez <laughs> And a, a bit, and a bit too much foreshadowing, and I don't really like flashbacks. But okay, I can accept a couple because mo- movies use them. But the movie uses it a lot. I prefer a linear. Like there's a way that you can do that linearly. You can still just put the before. Do you, stuff do you like Memento? I mean, I would never rush to go watch it again. But when I, I've seen Fair it enough. once and I did enjoy it. Fair enough. But it's been a while. It's been a while. Like it's been a while. But. Uh, <laughs> Like I saw it when it came out and hadn't seen it yeah. since. Okay. Um, which performance would you hold up? Uh, <laughs> I know Devin wants to say Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> no, I don't. I would literally remove her and her character from this movie and find a way to keep still make the movie. Okay, but, go ahead. Um, uh, I guess it's I'm going to say for me... Cheadle. For you, Don Cheadle, really? Yeah. He... he Acted it well. I hated his character, but he, he acted, accomplished the he goal. Had, 
He's good in everything. John Cheadle's good in everything. Yeah, I was I was gonna say Cheadle for sure. Yeah, like it, it was, yeah, it was either Cheadle or Clooney. Um, but like shout out you know, to Steve felt... Zahn though. Yeah, Steve Zahn is yeah, good Steve too. Steve Zahn did great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to give it to Clooney as well. That's no um slight against Jennifer Lopez's Karen Cisco. I just feel like um Jack Foley is a, a classic character that you are just enamored with as it goes on. He is the perfect example of a as they say gentleman bank robber you know the, the thief with gun. honor yeah the theme the thief with honor he can rob 200 banks without a gun i mean he's just has a lot of great movies like with him in it like i love uh who brother were art thou i i love that movie too i love oh, that movie too movie. another movie where uh it does not get the the credit that it do- deserves such a brilliant film anyways and people don't realize it's like a retelling of homer's odyssey yeah yeah like people don't get that either yeah but, uh, also the guy that, that does go the, on and on like the, that the, does the voice of george clooney's like musical voice his actual discography is really good and his name escapes me is it the soggy bottom boys uh the soggy bottom boys is there's an actual like uh, actual singer uh, bluegrass singer that's behind that band um and he's got a whole discography that's really solid yeah. Um, and I, I love that soundtrack. I love love that soundtrack. Oh, it's great. They, I mean, they even have a Robert Johnson character in that movie. That's a great movie. <laughs> um, well, we all know I'm a fan of Robert Johnson. Yes. And you can listen to uh, Davin's thoughts about Ro- uh, Robert Johnson um, on Eamon on Track. <laughs> if you'd like to hear me defend Robert Johnson against Eamon and his father, Dave, tune into Eamon on Track. They're uh, waiting for me to do do an episode. And I, I haven't decided what. You gotta have to come in with a heavy hit. Oh, I you're better than that show for me. Bar. My taste in music don't really translate well to a show like that. I I think we're in the same boat, just different music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah likely. Um, okay, <laughs> setting setting aesthetic. Um, I love it. I I love the way this film is shot. The different um, places, like um, and they do a great job of making it feel different chicago feels very different than miami florida um you know even the different jails seem different um i was gonna say that prison didn't feel very prisony at times like they all were just like left alone and the rooms were nice you know like i just i just feel that's like foley's point of view on the matter where like jail wasn't necessarily tough he just didn't want to be there yeah he, he was like the smartest guy there. He was yeah. like able to manipulate people, and there was like, no funny. danger. He's like, for I'm him. not going back there. Prison's so hard, but for him, it was actually kind of easy. But he's yeah. just not the kind of guy who would, you know, tolerate such an environment. Um, rewatchability. <laughs> Jamil, obviously. Well, you go first. <laughs> oh, um, I own it on VHS. I own it on a, a DVD. I own it on HD DVD. Um, I haven't bought the Blu-ray yet because I keep hoping that they're going to do a special special edition Blu-ray, um, 4K Blu-ray. Special special edition. Not just so that's how it is nowadays, right? Um, I uh, love this movie. Uh, rewatchability, rereadability, re-listenability. Mm. I I I could probably rewatch this film again. Um, I think it has rewatchability. The, the what question I want to ask Jamil is, 
what was your initial introduction to this film like what was it that like that drew me to it because the trailer yeah. sucks so much yeah. um in actuality i saw this movie technically for free um there was a friend of mine that worked for cineplex and we would constantly uh, go to free movies and uh it just so happens it was being released and um, i went to it and i was immediately hooked on it um got the book um I went to the library and I kept uh, borrowing the soundtrack over and over again. Cause kids, it wasn't like I could just go on, you know, the computer and just listen to it. I actually had to get the album and trying to find the album in stores wasn't necessarily easy because it wasn't some, you know, pop artist, right? Um, it was a very stores didn't bring in many soundtracks to be honest. It's like they bring in just a couple of hit movies. Yeah. Yeah. So they sell um, you 5,000 copies of the Titanic soundtrack, but they <laughs> don't get me started in 1997 was tough. Okay. Yeah, it was, <laughs> you'll never understand <laughs> kids you'll what we went understand. through in 1997. DiCaprio was everywhere. It was the height of ship sensation. Yes. Um, you know what? I'll leave that story aside. My Titanic story aside. Anyways, Another next day. piece. Next piece. All right. Well, we watch ability for me. I think it's going to be tough for you because, yeah. especially no, yeah. with this I'd, deep I'd dive into it. it, with this deep you dive, would. you're going to be picking out. It. I would rewatch it because, well, where rewatchability usually comes from for me is it either has to be super something super right up my alley, like Medicine Man. Or it just has to be filled with like great <laughs> actors that give good performances, you know. Did you purposely say medicine? <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. Well, it's like as we discussed on that episode, like that was a life changing movie for me. Yes, you know, Kiss and All. My cause. That movie's about. I blocked that out of my mind because <laughs> to me that movie. I'm, is sorry, not I'm never about... gonna let that go. <laughs> That's fine. Like. I thought they just, I thought it was a hug. I remember that. I always remember that as a hug, not a kiss. But Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. yeah. But uh, the worst part of that movie is the last five seconds. Um, but a great movie. And fair enough. A fair great enough. cause, which is biodiversity. Get it together, people. Monocultures. No. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'd watch this movie again. Why not? Oh. Not for a while, but like 10 years from now, maybe. Okay. 20 years from now, sure. When you do, I want you to pay attention to the score. Oh, Um, yeah. I I paid attention to the Isley Brothers. (laughs) The rest of the score. Look, the... the, the, Sorry, I'll be quick, because I'm looking at the time. Um, The soundtrack does a really good job of really taking you on a narrative journey of the movie. Right, so it's one of those the few albums that have dialogue pieces, but it just uses it to tie the 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 sounds together, and um, it really makes everything stand out. So I cannot tell you that I love this score because I watched the movie, as opposed to because I watched the movie and then I re-experienced the movie through the soundtrack score, and then watched the movie again. So it just highlights it and i remember it more so so to be fair i i want to i i want to be fair to uh, my love and my passion to it might not be just from the movie itself mm-hmm. that's what you want from a score 
it should you know elevate scenes if the the music isn't elevating the scene then don't put the music in does it hold up yeah it does i will say it does like it feels like i mean it's not that old it's basically a modern movie but like not in the bad way which normally (laughs) when i say modern movie that's a slight but like it has modern pacing and yeah i like it good movie yeah, I mean, watch your step, up. Murphy. It holds watch up. Watch your step, me. Murphy. Yes, it for me. it's gonna hold up for me. Like, Murphy I was, was gonna say no. This film. He was uh, higher on it than I was. Okay. Yeah, okay. no, I like I said, like there, the, the 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 pacing in this film was great. There wasn't a moment I didn't feel bored. I in the first five minutes, it was a way better film than Pink Panther was, and I was like, okay, now this is a nice yeah. film I can get behind. Um, every character I was into, there was that, there was that that level of of mid to late 90s characterization of a human being that's slightly absurd but not too absurd that it's completely unbelievable like if they the, made this the movie today of... it'd be a slap t- slapstick comedy yeah it, it, it felt like a little slapstick if you were to try to and, and make it today but because it's 98 like like the the most absurd almost out there character is is um uh, steve's steve's yeah maybe not slapstick you know. but nowadays they would have cast a sandra bullock they would they would have white by white boy bob falling all over the place oh yeah well yeah, they did white do boy that. Bob and fall all no over they would have all all over the place. they probably would have aubrey plaza in the role of like jennifer lopez or well something. oh my god yeah probably and that you know that's one of my biggest you know again back to my thesis for this podcast what you're saying there is very true movies very modern movies and modern television treat their audiences like they're stupid so they would have had to make everything very more clear bob would have fell down more everything would have been done more that they want you to there would be a sequence where this is the plan this is the plan and then they'll break down the plan like and it's like keep in mind this is happening we don't know where it is no hang on they did have a sequence like that but it wasn't the plan it was george clooney and jennifer lopez talking about how they're gonna have sex <laughs> and then they like they would interject it between scenes of them like talking about it and then actually doing it so that was kind uh, of one, like one, one, one of the underrated s- sequences is where uh she she questions um is he gonna go and and tell people that she, he slept with a a federal agent right and he's like well uh, do you think you're going to uh, do I think you're going to do that it's like most bank robbers are dumb right and am I going to yeah. be <laughs> right that whole questioning is like I don't think you're stupid right so and he's like most of those turds don't even realize the ink's going to blow up like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's like, they don't even know but, so yeah. yeah okay Um, I'm very happy that it's in the the top tier a category yeah man we got an a movie out of that you're welcome i could have let jennifer lopez really cloud my grading but i didn't she's nothing but she's nothing more than a thorn in davin's lion's paw this movie until he gets to hustlers and silly until he reviews hustlers (laughs) what's hustlers (laughs) it's a jennifer lopez movie that uh she almost won uh awards for Really, Razzies, well, wasn't it? maybe we'll give it a shot. Maybe yeah. Razzies, <laughs> very funny. Um, all right, well, why don't we move on to two <sighs> or three then, fellas? 
Okay. Uh, this uh, I think we're gonna get fu- we're gonna have fireworks here, fellas. Anyway, this is man. I'm telling you, I interpret movies way different than everybody else on this podcast. This no, this I'm, synopsis I'm should have been like should be like five minutes max. Film. You know <laughs> what? There's not a lot to it. I agree. Five minutes max. Yeah, it might be it. We'll see. Uh, I got way three. less. I got way less screenshots from this. But yeah, sorry, Dab and God. Theater three. Victoria, from 2015, a German film, feature, um, starring Laia Costa, Franz Rogowitz, no, Rogowski, sorry, Frederick Lau, and Barack Yejit, directed by Sebastian Schipper. Schipper. Um, all right, fire up, fire up the trailer Schipper. there, Murphy. So, uh, yeah, let's fire it up to Fire it up. trailer where they show the ending scene. Huh. What's up? I just speak German. What you doing now? I'm leaving. You want my girl to Stay, this club will be ours. My name's Ronald, nice to meet you. That's Boxer. That's Blinker. You are very nice then. I'll show you our world. Are you You touch my ass. Say sorry. I saw it. With a heart. Sorry. Son was such a I have to do Boxer a favor. It's something bad to do. Boxer! The car is not going on! The car is not going on! I want to go with you. Das ist das kein Deutsch. Don't think I'm a bad guy, okay? Nobody talks in Germany in the elevator. It's forbidden. I'm gonna break I'm gonna break the rules. <laughs> So I picked this Murphy. film. Murphy, I'm glad you did. Is your brain, is your mind securely fastened? Yes. Because I might blow it. Okay. This is the best movie we've had on this podcast since Good Night and Good Luck, easily. Wow. Wow. Really? Yeah, I loved this movie. That's amazing. That's amazing. He was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I mean, not for the first thirty minutes, but I wasn't bored by that. I like I said, the first thirty minutes, you could probably skip this film. Yeah, I liked the the first first thirty minutes. minutes. It could, it could have, you know, a little. But like the last, like the last hour of this film was like I was on the edge of my seat. seat. What I liked about the first thirty minutes is it was like 
it was like quietly sinister because it always seemed like one of these guys was like about to break bad on her or like mm. and it just it never happened it never happened it's not like they just kept delaying it it never happened well i mean that whole the whole crew breaks bad at one point but it's like they're kind of forced into a situation by their buddy yeah. boxer but but no i loved this movie <laughs> so okay so to, just to preface i ended up picking this film i was gonna pick logan lucky and we would have had another soddenberg film and jabil's very disappointed that we didn't go with logan lucky and i, I could have got see it i could have got ocean's 11 out of sight and logan lucky and i would have been like a pig and shit and you know for it to be just taken from me um, oh, um, pig well, and shit I, doesn't exist on this podcast. To to be fair, we have ups and I'm, downs. Here. I'm I'm also <laughs> disappointed too, Jamil, because the one film I felt like we should have viewed for this episode was Heat. The fact that we didn't review Heat for this is is a slap in the face. The that thing is, is like the heist movie. I've seen like, Heat so many times, and it's so good. I don't know. That movie's a bit overplayed. Thank you, David. So it was on TV all the time. Like it was just That's on so constantly. Um, movie and everything but, but yeah no my 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 good friend doa zaren a good friend of mine from anaka turkey he suggested this film victoria because he told me about how it's one take from take beginning to end doesn't stop and they did it, it on their third try and i was like i have to see this i need to witness this film and i've been eagerly anticipating this film since we started this podcast um, it's been on the list for a long time, and I was very happy with the results. Um, it felt real. It felt real, like other oh than God. a bunch of overpaid actors playing like characters, like over out of sight was. Like, oh, dude! Felt real. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm gonna say this. Who's immersed I'm... in this world and in this story? Where I wasn't okay, taken but... out of it by flashbacks in Jennifer Lopez's bad. I would. This like... movie was immersive. Was it better acted than Out of Sight? No, Out of Sight was far better. It was acted more realistically movie. acted. These. Just it was more like realistically real acted, but that's only because they felt like, like real people. No one feels real in Out of Sight. You, when you say characters. real people, you mean like real, as in. If I took someone off the street and I gave them a script in their hands, that type of real, sure. But like real person, like a real like living, breathing person, no way, no way. Oh, the main character just feels like like a, a real naive young woman. Wait, what? No way, no. She like she makes some I, bad calls. She makes some bad calls. She makes <laughs> some bad calls. She didn't make so a many bad call calls. The entire film. I like Indeed. he is an absolute inept me. character. The, all the stuff you're talking about, Jennifer Lopez is Karen Cisco, and how none of that made sense. This movie She's a disgrace to the name Cisco, Jamil. <laughs> the name Cisco is meant for greatness and greatness only. And that's not what we got. Okay? Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Like, so the movie uh, discussion. When when you see the synopsis, <laughs> talk about the seizure-inducing opening of this film. Okay, that was rough. Oh, like I'm that not party lie. or whatever. The party, the, yeah, or wherever they were, a bar or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was a club. club. It, it was it was an underground club, uh, like legitimately underground. But yeah, the opening. I would say the Victoria. first ten minutes was unnecessary. You told me to skip the first thirty, Murphy, but I feel like it was just like the. And first I told you, I, I I told you against it. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. 
You were right. Well, okay, before we get too, too into this, Jamil, what what are your initial thoughts? I, I, Why are you I, so down on this? I'm surprised. I hated this movie. <laughs> I don't crazy. want to say I dislike it. I hated this movie. Why? Wow. So, wow. you know what? I always, I, I like the idea of doing something because, you know, you're really trying to push the envelope in terms of, like, storytelling. But this didn't need to be one take. Didn't. No, it didn't. It was just honestly, I didn't notice that it was. Oh, I they noticed it. Made cuts. I noticed in... it. I noticed it. <laughs> I noticed like, it. Yeah, I mean, it. I didn't find it distracting. You could. You noticed it like it wasn't necessary. You See, noticed the little breaks of the characters. Davin, you've said before in episodes where it's like the shaky cam could be too much, and there was a fair amount of shaky cam in this film. When did I, when did I say shaky cam was too much? Uh, I think it was during insert, insert the... clips of Devin saying shaking cam is too much, please. I specifically think it was during the 1917 review. You talked about the shaky cam being too much distraction. I believe you did say that in 1917. Yeah, I did love that movie, but yeah, I mean, it, there were times in that where I was a bit jumpy because, like, if the scam's shaking so much, we're just it's harder for me to see what's going on, and I don't really like it. I, I. I like shaky cam better than spinny cam. Oh, like God. directors or yeah. people that think they're so clever by spinning the scene around. Like, oh my God. The, like the, with the, anything, <laughs> you can do something in moderation. So if you do a shaky cam in moderation, makes sense. It's jarring. It's it's supposed to induce a feeling. Same thing with the world the spinny cam. You like, but if you do it like eight rotations and you do it multiple times throughout yeah. the movie, loses all intense. Uh, like all and of there are movies perfect. now where they do like twenty rotations on the shaky yeah. or on the spinny cam, and it's like, what are you doing? You're trying to make me puke. House of the Dead. If you ever oh, see no, that, do that, Dad. It's really bad. Puking. Uh, Victoria's opening scene is is strobe inducing, and if you have a seizure. Uh, you gotta talk to the director about that. <laughs> I laugh my um, ass off though, where she's trying to pick up this bartender. And if you actually you see that bartender's face, like that bartender is clearly banging the owner of this bar. It's not going well. He hates being there. Like it's written all over his face, and she's just like, "Hey, let's. Where are you from, Sweden?" Like trying to get this conversation going with him, and it's just like, "Dude, can you not look at this guy's face and see how miserable he is and how he does not want to be there?" That made me laugh. Like that is real. Do you want, do you I felt like those things were real. <laughs> yeah, do you want um, to schnapps? So yeah, Victoria is a 2015 German drama film directed by Sebastian Schipper. The film stars Lycos as Victoria, Frederick Lau as Sonne, Franz uh, Rogowski as Boxer, Barack Yeet as Blinker, and Max Moff as Faust. Uh, the film follows the story of Victoria, a young Spanish woman living in Berlin who decides to leave a club at 4 a.m. Uh, she's apparently recently new to Berlin, so she's a bit lost. So that's why she's kind of like, do you want to hang out? She seems very like just looking for adventure because she's new to the city, basically. Um, she at the wants door, to meet some real Berlin guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> real Berlin yeah. guys. Um, so yeah, uh, she uh, leaves the club at 4 a.m. Um, and at the she door, she goes to the bathroom she meets... and she doesn't actually go to the bathroom. Well, yeah, because she tries long. to like go to the bathroom but cuts the line, and she's probably like, "No, you should." And then she never does go to the bathroom for the next two Which... hours. That's a good point. That is for like the next yeah day. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the bathroom part. So yeah, she that's where she meets uh, Sonnen and his friends Boxer, Blinker, and Fuss. Uh, who can't enter the entry. club. Yeah, they can't enter the club uh, because they're drunken delinquents. 
Um, mm. Sudden asks Victoria to join them for a drink. Um, she sort of hymns and haws, but ultimately she agrees. Uh, okay, yes. They... Jamil, you're right. Her character <laughs> is <laughs> disastrously like, naive. They explain it a bit where like she has never even had a friend. So she's just like desperate. How how does she have keys to this cafe? Like she works, there. she works at the cafe, she, doesn't she? She works at the cafe. How yeah. could so like if you spend five minutes with this person, there's no way I can oh, give I her see. Key. Why right? is she the key holder? Yeah, it makes enough. no sense. It's like, is this my car? <laughs> but, oh, you don't have keys to the car. And then he she, but, like, she sees the these guys. <laughs> yeah, she sees these guys stealing a car. And, yeah, like, start you guys like, try, maybe that's that your the car? clue you need that's that your car, is these aren't the guys. But, yeah, this yeah. this movie is a perfect example of why you shouldn't, when leaving a club, just randomly hang out with the four drunk guys that are trying to invite you out for a good time. This is a clear-cut example of why you shouldn't do these things. <laughs> Look, it's a cautionary tale. Okay, to rein in my, your need for excitement and danger. My issue with her character, or what I wanted from this character, I wanted the character to be like not naive necessarily right but to to be playful but to have an edge to she her she was playful she was playful mm. no she she was more in the the like push the over character. naive and not like they they, they kind of hint at it right when you know well, the piano she, she takes her agency when they're like no we're gonna drop you off back at the cafe she's just like no i'm going with you guys like Eventually, she starts making no, the decisions for herself. She, they kind of mention it when, after the piano's playing, and um, he talks about um, the devil, and she's like, uh, oh, you know, uh, I don't know the exact, remember the wording, but she's like, I'm a fan of yeah, the, the devil, the too. Devil, fan of the yeah. devil, too. Yeah. Well, actually, so I think we, that's all three of our favorite scenes, so why don't we just play that scene? <laughs> Did we all three pick that? We kind of we all three it. picked the same scene. So yeah. So anyway, um, Sun and a Victoria. Great scene. great scene. Sun and Victoria try to go to. Uh, they want to go buy some beer, but the clerk is sleeping. So they just straight up to the old fashioned. Let's Farouk. just pocket a few. Hey, Farouk. Farouk. Farouk, wake up. He won't wake up. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's sleeping or if he might he's actually dead. be dead. I think he's dead. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's dead. So yeah, Sun decides to walk out slowly with the beer. Then they go to a rooftop uh, where she's like, "All right, let's go hang out on a rooftop." And she gets to know the boys. Um, you know, we get a we get a slight hint of the Blitz, Blitzy, uh as they're being a bit rowdy on the streets. Nothing, nothing crazy. We get a sort of musical interlude as they lead to the to the multiple rooftop. musical interludes. Uh, I felt like there was only that one was the only bad one though. Because it's it's a musical interlude while it shows them all talking for like three minutes. Clearly, whatever that dialogue was would be more interesting than just watching them. Uh, would it wasn't have been interesting at all? And they just were like, "Fuck, it, let's just put some music over this." And make like, it that's more probably interesting, but like would happen. That's too long to watch people talk and not hear it. Yeah, Devin, what was my advice to you? <laughs> Fast forward. Yeah, skip it. He said, "Skip every scene where like the music plays and no one says anything." <laughs> he's just like just fast forward through all of those um yeah. so yeah after some chat Fair. victoria leaves saying she has to open her workplace cafe later at 7 a.m and sun and escorts her and at the cafe she invites him in for some cold cacao 
Um, okay, can you guys and... tell me if this is a real thing? One thing that bothers me about Europe's portrayal in movies is movies make it seem like people in Europe never go to sleep. Everyone stays up till 4 or 5 a.m. They're yes. never tired. They go to work the next day. No one enjoys sleep. Like, that's the way Europe seems to be, and Europeans are portrayed in movies. It's like, they okay. don't need sleep. Everyone in Europe stays up till 4. Like, yeah. From my so, understanding, the German nightlife is quite nightlife up until the dawn, often. And, like, it's not out of the blue. Like, sleep. Maybe to be fair, I don't know if, Murphy, you have experiences with that. Davin, I know you're old, but... Um, <laughs> I've, I've had myself some 7 a.m. Uh, uh, walks of shame, yeah. yeah well, and I haven't like, slept in two years. Where, <laughs> where you you go to work, from work you go to a party or event, and you're up all night, and then you literally go home, take a shower, and you're off to work again. I've done that a multitude of times. Yeah, so I work for myself, so I take the next day off. <laughs> uh, no, and... Uh, I pay for it the next day at my desk or sometimes in, uh, you know, you know, well, mostly at my desk, you know, my, my head being propped up has done wonders for my, my career throughout many jobs I've had. So fair enough. Um, so yeah, we get to the point in the film where, as Davin mentioned, where it's basically all our favorite scenes. So I, I did kind of break this up in a bit because I can't play the whole thing, but we're going to start with the beginning of the scene. Um, we have my, the, like the, the line I like. You have a car and you have a shop yeah. and now you're a piano yeah, player. You're a lying piece of shit. You lie through piano your teeth. Player? You don't stop lying throughout this entire movie. <laughs> Son and your like terrible how she person. keeps calling him on that shit, though. She calls him on it and she's like, Yeah, you're a liar, but you're kind of cute. I kind of want a bone. That was my favorite line. Yeah, yeah. Uncle for me is Mozart. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. Yeah, yeah. Uncle for me. I'm a professional. Okay, sorry. Okay, don't give me tips. Okay. Okay, maybe it's not because I'm not into it right now, but I'll show you something. Okay. Just okay, with my eyes closed. Okay. Other than that line and how great the song she plays is, I wonder if we like this scene for the same reasons. I'll be interested. It was just, thank you very much. Thank you. So good. Thank you for the shit was so deep inside. It was yeah, like... because it was deep. <laughs> deep. Okay. Great scene. <laughs> no, and then... She's playful, Jamil. Yeah. Uh. Okay, um, well, my secret, my favorite secret was more of later on. Well, later on, which so, is, I believe, about here. This is killer, too. Did she actually play this? No. Okay. It doesn't look like it. I was watching your fingers. Yeah. yeah. No, but the music was live on set, I guess. The director was playing it off camera on a different piano, and they were like piping the oh, wow. sound into their ears. Oh, yeah. Dude's a good piano player. <laughs> she gets lost in a moment like that sequence. Yeah. And he's it's the most human and honest moment. The music is. Yeah. It's his most human and honest moment in the entire movie. This is my favorite scene because he was moved by the music and it changed his entire outlook on life. 
basically. But it's so quick how clo- how how they got together so quickly. It's like they're you know stuck in the back of a you know. No, uh, you uh, cannot compare those. They didn't I absolutely go. Hey, did you see that movie? <laughs> oh, let's be in love and follow each other around, Jamil. Absolutely, Jamil. You are so wrong on this, bud. Like I, I you disagree. cannot compare I think those you're so things. Wrong. I think no, he she actually changed his world because he had never heard music like that before. He'd never seen. He's live. never heard music Someone like ex- that before. He it's says he's awesome. never. You're heard. Yourself- That's literally his line. That's he literally says, "I've never heard music like that before." It, it's literally he says his that exact line. line. It's literally his line. His it's line. Not a that line. He's telling her. It is such. You a can line. see it on his face that it's true. I disagree, Jamil. Devin. What happened to your heart? Did it shrivel up into I, like I, I would, ice cube? I would cube? agree. Like this is the moment when like she's playing, she's playing her music heart, and he's just like in pure yeah. reflection. He's this blown away by sh- it, but it's still alive. She's pouring her heart out. It changes his heart, and he's from this point on in the movie, he has a more, he comes off way less sinister and way more sympathetic and yes. more empathetic and more protective of her. It changes his entire personality. But it's also still a lying piece of shit throughout the entire And music movie. can do that. That's what's yeah. real about it. Especially that kind of music. Like, fucking just virtuoso shit in front of your eyes. Like, man, that was... And then it leads into her story about how she her, spent her backstory about piano how, yeah. for them just to tell her, like, you're shitty, get out of the conservatory. Even though Which she's is, not uh, shitty, but like... Okay, like, yeah, that that whole like the concert. I don't think any music conservatory would tell you to get the fuck out because you're shittier than. <laughs> no, they told her to get the fuck out. They it's told her she she's won't not have as a career good as yeah. other people yeah. in the conservatory. It's just yeah, like yeah. there's they're just like, like ten time. famous piano players. You ain't gonna be one of them. Is what they're telling. Yeah, which but, is kind of insane. I don't think any conservatory would have done that. Like any conserv, if there some are... teachers would. Mm, teachers might, but I feel like they would. They would tell some. They would tell someone. Um, keeper yeah basically no they, they would, that they would say too you know what you're it's like you're good but you're not good enough to make this a career find another career yeah, yeah. they think they're being what? helpful and in some ways they are but you know do your dream as well if he wants to play piano play piano man but, but yeah her, her her backstory reveal was really nice um but yeah soon the boys come and they want to pick up uh Sonnen, uh which uh you know boxer's like i gotta go do this job because basically while he was in jail, he was getting protection from a mob boss. Um, and Sonnen and many gold leave Victoria alone. Uh, which she, you know, has about a 30 second to one minute scene of her brushing her teeth at best before they're all back and Foose is puking his guts out. This you mean the break for the other actors? Old Foose. <laughs> um, he's too drunk, but uh, Boxer insists they need they, there needs to be four men. So they're expecting four. Son, they need four. Yeah, they're expecting four. So he demands son and ask Victoria to join them. And uh, she ultimately agrees to drive the car that they steal, which, you know, it's like these guys are stealing vehicles. Do you really want to hang out with them? At Left any and point right. In, time, in front of her workplace, like, no less. Yeah. Like yeah, someone's parked out in front now, of your cafe. Is, yeah, like, at what point is the red flag? And you're like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be hanging out with these guys who are stealing. She's vehicles. accepted the red flags, though. That's yeah. why I don't dislike her character like i dislike jennifer lopez's character (laughs) because she's making bad decisions but to me they make sense she is actually just desperate for an adventure (sighs) and connection which she's thinks she's found with the sauna which is the connection part but 
she I knows she's she knows she's making bad decisions especially like later on she's like no i want to go with you guys even after this guy like threatened to keep me while you guys well, yeah she pulls in this like, lot and she's like it's like, a gun and he's like keep going like that's that would she just been, wants like, oh. an adventure and doesn't really care how it ends because she doesn't feel like she has anything she doesn't have Moron. friends she doesn't Moron. have a job she cares about she's like she bo- doesn't have a career that she doesn't <laughs> have dreams she doesn't know what she wants anymore because her whole life was you've developed this whole backstory for this, wow. this character no that's all explained in this movie no, it's true it is explained in the movie um yeah, so yeah they Camille, meet the gangster paying attention to this i was paying attention i made sure i paid attention i went and i got subtitles for this damn movie yeah i did too it was a trick uh they meet a gangster protected uh, boxer my streams in i had it whoops did i say streaming to... i mean i purchased the dvd <laughs> i purchased the dvd let me just declare right now i purchased <laughs> the dvd yes he didn't rob this movie whatsoever um the boxer in prison and they asked him to uh sorry they meet the gangster protective boxer in prison and ask them to rob a bank promising to hold victoria until they return so basically boxer owes this gangster ten thousand euro and the the week not to mention keeper for the week yeah we'll keep (laughs) okay so basically what happens is boxer's like he's he he has to pay the ten thousand euro and he's like I can get you it in a week. And he's like, okay, well, we'll hold on to Victoria for a week, which Sonnen disagrees with. And he steps in and he's like, we'll do it tonight. We'll go rob your bank and get you your 10,000 euro. So uh, they practice the heist. It's a lot I... considering she gets paid four euros an hour at work. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, um, I like this scene because they ended up practicing the, the bank robbery in this, yeah, this underground that, really. lot. Well, yeah, but yeah. the reason why I liked it is because one, they're filming and they can't stop filming. Two, yeah. they really can't organize a whole bank robbery. So three, how do they get around it? They show the practice run of bank robbery in an empty parking lot <laughs> and what they'll do. So you have it in your mind so that when they go and actually do the bank robbery, your 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 brain's doing all the like entertainment you don't actually have to see it and you're just watching victoria like yeah like i thought that was genius like yeah I, if I you're not going to show it later genius. yeah um but yeah but uh you know while while they do the 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 practice run and all that stuff and they're about to go for it uh they're they're getting drugs like some sort of like spray i don't know what that was about. it's cocaine he says it's cocaine well one's cocaine and the other one is the spray of cocaine one is he there's another thing it's called like they called it like timolin or something like it's timolin and cocaine so if they get caught they can always blame it on the drugs yeah but yeah like it was smart he's like if you get caught you'll do less time you might as well do it and it'll give you confidence (laughs) um but yeah no just the fact that she's her night's gone from like uh, a three to a cautionary five to now we're doing cocaine and we're about to rob a bank. She's on a whole level eight now. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, they're they're all tweaked up. Blinker wanted an extra hit, but that extra hit proved to be too much. He could he had trouble breathing, so I had to pull over, get his shit together, and then they make it to the bank. Or was he just having anxiety because he didn't want to go do this a panic attack? I'm sure the cocaine trying to find a way helping. out. He's like, I should have just puked like foos. Um, so yeah, basically they wait for uh, the the bank teller that they were told would show up, um, and then they rush in. Mm-hmm. We can't. We stay with Victoria in the car. She drives around. This scene was fun because the uh, the engine just accidentally turns off on the engine. That made me laugh. 
this was this was the moment (laughs) of the film where i was on the edge of my seat the most this was the moment where i was like this is so tense where the fuck is this gonna go how me too much more tense can this get and it just it, it, it compounds from here um it's just like bail just bail I'm like just, just run bail. the car is dead just bail i yeah, was like screaming so at the team like tv urgency. like bail yeah. just get out of there girl um yeah. game yeah, over so basically, man it's over she accidentally turns the engine off these guys come back she starts yelling at box boxer to hotwire it again um and sending yeah. everybody into a panic uh but they begin to you know what's funny about that like when they're doing that practice run he fucks up with the car door and he yeah. says to the the the, the scary mobster guys, "It's like I won't mess up with the car again." Mess up, yeah. And then they, like the car like totally me- like punks out at the actual robbery. But I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I uh, thought you know I thought yeah, for a time yeah. that the car the the car that they gave them the the van was purposely uh, done that way so that they can get caught. They didn't give uh, it to them. They stole that in front of yeah, her they cafe. Stole- no, the that no, they're in a van. No, the van that yeah, they the van they the stole in front of her cafe. Yeah. yeah, they stole that previously. Yeah. I thought they, they switched vehicles. Yeah. No, no, they no, did. They, they stole a car first, and they left Foose in that car, and then they went and stole the van in front of her cafe. Yeah, and then they got um, Foose again. No, they the, that was it. They just no, they never Foose. got no, they, they never got Foose. Again. No, they kept Foose. No, no. they never got Foose. They like, they even say later we forgot about Foose. Yeah. They're like, like, he's still in that car. Like, oh, he, but he's like, oh, I forgot the about way, The way that it was presented, when the cops at the end find their vehicle, there was a person inside that one. So, yeah, okay, that was one thing I, I when I was doing my plot <laughs> okay. synopsis. And they find the car it, or the van? The van. It was mentioned that Foose was, like, arrested in the van, but he's never actually in the van he was like and the cafe and left at the cafe i think that's why i was confused <laughs> well they say they left him in the vehicle they did say that maybe he was just passed out in the back of that van the whole time well okay so here's the thing all right so these guys they just robbed a bank they're yes. driving they're trying to regain control um and they're basically driving around in circles and for whatever reason in their <laughs> In their utter up. brilliance of, of, <laughs> of things to do after robbing a bank, they decide, okay. let's go back to the club we were at earlier. Yeah. You know, let's go. That was their downfall. Ra- rather this than the going to find downfall. the gangster, give them the money, and then move on. Just go and get the fuck clubbing. out of that country. You're yeah, in Europe. Like, There's another country an hour away. Just go there. Give the money away. Keep your 40 euro. Everybody gets 10 bail get out of there but no very generous mobster like very he's just like there's fifty thousand dollars you're gonna steal he's just like i only want 10 i'm like i've never heard that in a movie before which, normally which it'd be the other I, way around i'll take 40 you take 10 which is why like, i felt like i thought it was a setup for a time when the car stopped uh, the van stopped working i'm like was that a setup because it seemed like too sweet of a deal right i guess that's just what he wanted from the protection he offered him he's just like you'll fine but when we get out you owe me 10 grand or something and he gave it, him it felt a like, way to get it it felt you like know? a like a like a hook right um in terms of like i'm gonna give you this sweetheart deal 
right? Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, he gets caught. He ends up back in prison under his thumb, needing his protection yeah. again, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a good worst case scenario, but right? I don't think that's what he wanted. Best to case happen. scenario, he, he comes walking towards you with the with the 50, right? And you, and you can say, hey, <laughs> I'm taking it all, right? Yeah. Either way, the gangster wins. What is he going to do? Which is... <laughs> Which is what Don Cheadle did in the last movie. Like Steve Zahn's like, this is my game. He's just like, no, 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 no. He's like, now this is my plan. Yeah. This is my car, and you can get out if you like. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. so that's what I, I I felt was happening during that sequence. Um. So yeah, these guys go back to the club. Uh, where you know, uh, Sonnen and and Victoria, uh, they have a romantic moment. Um, however, uh, Blinker and, oh, Big Andy, what's up, baby? Uh, Blinker and, um, very beautiful, uh, according Boxer, to the uh, they decide to get a little erratic and start slinging dong all over the place, which I wasn't expecting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're just straight butt naked dancing to the club, um, which they eventually get kicked out of. Um, but his point, ass never gets covered up. She's, she's, he's basically carried her and sticking her head in his ass. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, I'm sitting you know, at your ass boxer. <laughs> sitting at your ass boxer. Yeah, she, yeah, this cute little Spider-Man kiss going up the, the ladder and whatnot between Sun and Victoria. Um, but yeah, they they get ticked out. Better than that the, Spider-Man kiss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's already... <laughs> the sky's bright and Victoria asks about Foos, whom they've all forgotten is still sleeping. Yeah, that is car. hilarious. Oh, shit. Foos. Yeah, uh, he's still sleeping in the car. Um... And they slowly walk away and see the police have already found the car. They panic and soon get chased by the police. Uh, and it becomes very chaotic at this point. Um, oh, yeah. Blinker ends up getting shot by the police. Uh, you were making all the wrong decisions here. As rule as number one, split up. Yeah, yeah split exactly. up. Don't point guns <laughs> exactly. at cops. Like, so per- I was yelling choices. that at the screen, too. I was like, split up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Blinker gets Especially shot. Like her, boxer hide behind a wall. The, There's do some. The bankers only fire. saw three dudes. Yeah, like she yeah. could have got away at any point. Well, but, technically, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, they re- they ended up retreating to another wall. Boxer gets shot in the leg, so he gets pretty much left behind at this point. Um, he tells you know, son and Victoria. Well, yeah, they already uh, lost uh, old Blinky, bling bling Blinky, yeah, bling bling Blinker. Mm-hmm. Um. As the police advance, Son and Victoria leave Boxer and they head into an apartment building uh, where on the stairs, uh, Son and threatens a man to give them shelter. They enter the police's apartment. <laughs> I did laugh. I did laugh at this. And he's, when he yells at the guy, he's like, you're not supposed to let me in here if there's a baby in here. He's I like, did dude, laugh. you put a gun to his head and said, take me to your apartment. He's, yeah. like, he's like, you dick, you let me in here when there's a baby in here? Yeah. That was pretty fun. I, I did laugh. Oh. I did laugh at that. Oh yeah, I will He's say I don't like the them. Use, I never like when they use babies as a plot device. Since I became a father of a baby, so like, like well, any point Devin, I will tell you as someone who a just, baby, I did not enjoy it. Devin, I'll tell you as someone who does not have a child, I don't yeah. like it either. Same thing. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. A, I wasn't a big fan of the choices here, but I mean, they were choices that were made, and those choices were that Vic. Uh, Vic that was my Victoria, problem with um that anime movie where the baby was just oh tokyo godfathers yeah yeah it was just about endangering a baby that entire movie like i wasn't there for it that movie was good 
anyway um so yeah the police around the building victoria talks the man's wife into borrowing their baby and she and son and take the baby and get past this is when i stopped cheering for them to get away i'm like if you're gonna take this baby i hope you were cheering for them to get away like all this time yeah i liked those two i wanted them to get away from the cops i really did like they were manipulate. Those two were mostly manipulated by the situation, uh, by their friend Boxer and the the mobster guy. They they made she made the horrible decision of, to keep going along with it. But I wanted them to get away. Yeah, these two, I like them. They're a nice young couple. So yeah, Sonnen and Victoria use the baby to get past the police. They're stopped in the hallway. So they stole the baby. So yeah, no, they they borrowed the baby, and uh, when they borrowed the baby, they got out the door. They did. Uh, she did leave the baby at the store across the street, as Victoria promised, and they ultimately yeah. called a taxi. Um, this uh, is the this one thing is... I didn't like. If they have this street blocked off, which they seem to have the entire neighborhood blocked off, yeah. with cops they're telling They're people to stay in their buildings. Yeah. How yeah? How's the cab still? How do you wave a cab in this situation? Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. That was the big plot hole in the movie for me. There's a there's a handful of them. But yeah, Victoria and Sonnen head to the hotel where Sonnen uh, ultimately... And this is actually a scene where you, you see the blood on his fingertips. So you get the, the hint that he's yeah. been shot in the whole thing. But uh, yeah, she... He hid she, that for a long time. Like He must he have been in excruciating pain. Yeah. He was hiding that the whole time. Um, He was worried that they didn't have a passport. But she's like, give me the money. I've got a plan. So she goes and she... You know, changes again, cleans up. So was it a stoic. hostel? This is a no, hotel. It's a hotel, a fancy hotel. I know, but yeah. like I've never I, heard. I don't of a know hotel what leader. story. Yeah, I don't know what story she gave them to actually. You wanted to hear that story, and I thought we were gonna get that story, so I was quite disappointed when we she came back. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, like close up on him. Do you do you know that if hotels in Europe require you to have a passport? To book a room yes. it was odd. You need like, a passport need or some sort of ID passport, or credit yeah. card. Yeah, you well, have to ID. Have some yeah, so I credit card. Yeah. But you um, know, she might have just walked up and dropped a friggin' handful of bills on, or like a stack of bills on the desk and be like, "Well, yeah, if you put enough down deposit, they'll sometimes yeah. they'll just be like, yeah, okay, whatever.' Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she, she gets talks. the idea that he's he's basically bleeding and all that stuff. Um. So he's been shot. He basically tells Victoria, you know, take the money and, and leave, head back to Spain. Um, and he dies. And then she proceeds to have the most epic meltdown of her mm. life. She just went through the most hysterical evening she could ever and just goes through the most powerful meltdown. And you're coming um, down off drugs. Like, coming down, coming off down off drugs. drugs. She's yeah. she's brought Amanda basically die in this bed. She's got her DNA, her snot, her tears going all over the place. Calls mm. the ambulance from the room. Is like send an ambulance, and then proceeds to just bawl and cry and hang out here for way too long. This is when I was screaming at the movie. I'm just like, leave, woman. Why are you crying over this lying son of a bitch that you knew for less than fucking eight hours? Like, yeah, you guys had some moments, but like, you shouldn't be this hysterical over this. You just grab the money and go. Just leave, leave. And she ultimately I does. I think that's also like the realization of everything that has happened. She just took part in like the death of three people. And like that's a lot. She went from just playing piano for like seven hours a day and doing not much else to yeah, all this running a cafe shit. to that's a doing lot. drugs and yeah. watching men die. Um, and yeah, she ultimately walks out in the Shoot streets of Berlin cops. and 
that's the end of the movie. She walks away with the stolen money, and who knows what she did. But yeah, that's right. that's Victoria well, in a nutshell. Plot storytelling. Why don't you go first, Jamil? No. Yeah. No. Okay. No. No is no. Me, no is my answer. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, like Me, okay. I like the plot and storytelling of this. Like the one cut thing didn't. I didn't really notice it to be honest. It just felt like a movie that kept a good pace. Like the uh, going from. Like, you obviously have to connect all your scenes concretely to do a single-take movie. I just didn't find any of that felt forced. Like, everything just felt like it moved to the next thing the way it naturally would. Like, you know, she's like, I want to go to work now. They go to work. Like, I don't know. It just felt like a, a regular, not a regular day, obviously, but it actually felt like a real amount of that time that didn't seem jarring. Like, we have to do all these weird things to make it flow in that way. I feel like if this was done with um let's say a different set of hands cuz I don't want to say more care because I I know that there's a lot of work and effort that was put into this film. Um I don't want to say better actors because I know that they tried Jennifer Lopez. Davin <laughs> <laughs> okay um i just felt like okay if you put the plot into another presentation of items i think that i could have found something that i consistently a, a narrative that i enjoyed and i was uh, swept up in it into it but a lot of this i just didn't care what was happening throughout this picture Interesting. I was on the edge of my seat and I just found like if you would have taken this movie and given it to a major studio, it would have been completely. I didn't say major studio. Needed it. No, I... but like if if you've if you would have just thrown money at this, it would have made it worse. The but fact I think that that's it was same... all I think you could say that to any storyline, uh story picture. I'm talking about if if you put this in the hands of like an actual proper director, right? Right? Um I'm I'm not going to say Sunberg because we're, we've already just covered that recently. Okay. But I mean, okay. like, I'm, I don't think this was better directed than Out of Sight. Like, it didn't oh, have dude, I foreshadowing till the day till the cows no. come home. It didn't have flashbacks. I it didn't have like all these things that were about jarring. Took me out of the storytelling that you don't like, and I'm not. Compl- yes, I'm this not didn't have any <laughs> that I didn't like. Okay, I think yes, ultimately what I agree this with movie that. sacrificed from. Uh, realistically, it's really well done plot and storytelling wise. I think the directing's done really well for the limitations in which it was filmed. Okay, yes, this movie could have benefited from a larger budget for which they could have built practical sets and hired extra. It wasn't practical about these sets. Okay, what was practical about these sets? No, 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 no. No, no, no. What I'm, what I mean by practical sets is, as opposed to what they did, which was run literally through the streets of Berlin, right? Is but that's part of the David. Good it's stuff realism. It. That's the that's a good that's thing. That's why I'm I say not... that's why I say more money would have destroyed this movie. No. George Clooney and big actors would have destroyed this movie. No, this movie needed to be done. It would by not. No, a bunch of people you've never seen before. Actors, Davin. I'm not saying it needed bigger actors. I'm saying if it if it had a la- a larger budget in which it could have 
had expanded set pieces within Berlin. Like Berlin allowed them to probably film at certain areas. This, this all this happens in like a couple. Filmed. Yeah, it's, it's very it's, it's very a very tight, filming. very tight area skeleton that they filmed. Crew, right? It was a skeleton crew. That again a adds to the realism. Blocks. No, they it live in the this realism, neighborhood. But everything but happens in this is, one neighborhood. It has the realism, but the thing is, the the film is is very sort of bare bones in the sense that they're they're using improvisation to fill in a lot of the gaps, and they could have, if they had a bigger budget and and slightly more room to run around, they probably would have found gaps to fill in that would have made the story maybe a bit more cohesive. But I don't think I don't think that a bigger budget necessarily. Is I don't think it is a solve that has to be used, right? They could have just it didn't need to be a single take. It could have been like the same movie, and they could have progressed or moved expanded the area a little bit more, especially when they're driving away, right? As opposed to it feeling like a tiny box, right? Okay, like this that is where claustrophobic kind of feel. Yeah. That if had. they had more budget, like, they probably could have tried to like film it in multiple takes and cuts and stuff like that. But again, yeah, it didn't it necessarily, and that's not more of a budget. That just means like they disregard this concept and they decide to you know film over the course of two months as opposed to you know the really trying to I narrow it down. I don't think they <laughs> they wanted to disregard the concept because uh, I'll touch upon it in the movie morsels, but it, it the the entire concept was of the movie was did needed to be one take because it was inspired by a stage play that was sort of done in like one take and essentially. Mm. So that's, that was the inspiration. So he, he was going to do a one take film regardless. I think he would have had a better, um, a better visual looking one take film if he had more budget to expand upon and, and, and fill in the things. Cause there was like, there was, you know, a, a five minute scene this. where it was just music riding on a bike. Like, you know, just there's th those, those were the gaps. Scenes were the worst. In. Yeah, right. Those those the are the gaps. Video that scenes were the worst. Yeah, so I have, I partially agree with you guys. I agree it didn't need to be one take, but I also didn't feel like that one take. Again, I didn't notice it. I didn't find it a detriment to the movie. It's definitely the and like the only part, the only seat, the only, and I didn't even notice it when we watched it. But you guys mentioned it tonight. She should have gone pee. And if there were cuts, that could have happened. <laughs> I'm but sorry. Like, things like that just like stick in my head. Yeah, but like I that, know, I, I didn't some even Some women notice, have iron but... bladders, though. Like some women just have iron bladders. They'll hold it forever. Oh, no, they're superhuman. It's just, they it's just, no, it's just a sequence. It's, it's a sequence where it feels like it's going to be revisited somehow. Right. If you see someone walk into the bathroom that they need to go to the bathroom and then they don't go to the bathroom. Right in the back of your head. Such a small thing, though. It, but that's just how my mind works. I I know it, right? And I'm like, when is she going to go to the bathroom? Right? It, it just it's just in my head. I I know that. But what if when she went to butt in line to get into the bathroom, the person she butt in front of had seen the same movie as her? <laughs> that that would have made it better, right? <laughs> anyway, no. Which, only which, if we, which performance. Only... Only if they were stuck in the same stall together for about two hours and talked about... You know, like two seconds, but yeah. Um, which performance would you hold up? Um, I like the two leads um, the most. Yeah, yeah she was great. And I like the uh, Sonic guy. He was good. 
Yeah, he was playing Boxer. Because he was Lau. sinister early, and then, like, that. He did a lot of uh, things. Like, that scene where he was moved bo- by the music and stuff. He was quite good. Boxer's performance. Boxer, yeah. Yeah, Boxer. He, he was. That's he seemed like that instigating sort of. Yeah rough dog type you definitely pulled it through sensitive but you can see that he's like um that menace behind his eyes if it like okay i'm gonna get on my davin my davin hat if this was a um if this was a modern movie if this was a modern movie that play um he'd be played by vinnie jones and he'd just be this brooding you know, yeah. character, no type of sensitivity. Like when you see him dancing and when or he's Jason initially... Statham. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Right. He'd be played well, by Jason Statham. The way he's like Dude. shy when talking to Victoria initially, it's, it's great. A great juxtaposition in comparison when you see him, when they're at the cafe and they're like, I need the four people. It's just like, yeah. you see he's the change of switch. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's scared me, shitless. Yeah. For me, it's like Costa. She she held the film together. Like she she's the main role. Her her ability, I, I think the the shine in her ability is uh, more so in the end of the film. How she sort of flips almost in an instant, especially in the bathroom where she changes, where she goes from like a naive person to like she's thinking quick and she's going with she's ideas crazy. Like, get them out of quick it. on her feet. Yeah, quick like, on her feet. Super she comes up with the feet. baby idea, which is the only thing that saved her. And like yeah. Well, they shouldn't have yeah. put themselves in it in the first place. I hated it. But, oh, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. They, they took all the you wrong know, turns. Like He's like, go left situations. here. I'm like, go left here, you fool. Like, <laughs> you need to, like, anyway. I was, like, planting roots for them through the trees and shit, but they weren't, they yeah. weren't listening. Uh, <laughs> but, like, but yeah, yeah, no. Um, yeah, she, she held it. And just that, like, that, that, the complete meltdown, like, I admit the meltdown at the end went on probably a minute or two longer than I needed to like i was like okay, i skipped a minute stop. of it to be honest i was meltdown. like you gotta <laughs> but, you gotta but only stop because crying and leave i was running out of time to stop crying <laughs> and leave. when did you, you finish this movie money and go um two minutes before we started <laughs> <laughs> you had an extra week man it doesn't matter i know but that made me feel like i had all kinds of time um <laughs> murphy you knew when i finished this movie because I yes. messaged you in the morning when I finished it. Yes. <laughs> 5 a.m. in the like, morning. Yeah. You guys yeah. both said you were waiting for it to get dark and then you were going to watch it. Well, I watched it. It was like 5 or 6 p.m. that night before last night or whatever. And I watched it and I was like, okay, cool. I, ha- I tried I to a... watch it in the morning, but I couldn't get past 50, 20 minutes because it was just so dark. I was like, I can't see what's going on. I, I, had, to watch a sh- <laughs> I had to watch a show and do a podcast. And then. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, setting aesthetic. Setting for aesthetic. Me, Good. Uh, yeah. Uh, this I, is, yeah. It's, I, it, it's re, it felt real. The setting aesthetic was real because it was. They were just yeah. in Berlin. And, it was and all that's like things that look like sets. And yeah. nothing was a set. So nothing and, looked and, like And a set. that's why I'm I'm despite my misgivings, right? That is the look the locations that they use are really good. A, a lot like you compare that to like Pink Panther, where Everything just seems real. like a set except outside, yeah. right? Yeah. Every, and even everything, then, sometimes <laughs> you, you feel like you can put if you can dip your finger into each scene, you can probably mm-hmm. get the grime off of the ground, right? Yeah. In this movie, yeah. mm-hmm. really yeah. good. You could you could smell the drugs on their wrists. <laughs> yeah, like I can like that sound when you lift the 
E guard up off of the piano. I've always hated that sound because when you lift the that guard off the keys, it always it speeds up and it always bangs hard against the inside. And I'm always like, so like, yeah, that felt real to me. I'm like, I even like I winced. He opens up the thing. I'm like, that's so fast. fast. Yeah, like, ooh, that's a that's a nice piano there. Go easy, but that's just how they open, and they're always like that. It's hard wood. You know, that's real wood. Yep. Well-made pieces. All right. Well, you know what it's time for. Uh, Move Morsels for Victoria 2015. There aren't a lot because it's generally the case with the modern movies. But, you know, here's, yeah. here, here's we go. Uh, the film was shot entirely in one take, as we all know. Uh, which presented significant challenges for the cast and crew. They had to rehearse the entire film multiple times to ensure that everything went smoothly on the day of shooting. It took three attempts to film the movie. The take used for the final cut was the third take and completed from 4.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. on April 27th, 2014. Jesus, they even Bird... did it in the exact time they, had they to, said they were. To get the yeah. lights. In, in the, in the so. wow. Kruzigberg wow. and Mitte neighborhoods of Germany. The original screenplay was very short. It was only 12 pages. Since a large part of the dialogue was improvised because of this, the writers are credited for story and not for screenplay. So See, I, that explains a lot. You don't need famous actors for this because they're just probably playing versions of themselves. They're just playing kind of regular people most of the time they're like joking around with their friends and that kind of stuff if, but if like a lot of that dialogue was improvised it was very well done because it just felt like real conversations it didn't feel like weird yeah no it was very on point for like yeah like awkward flirting conversations yeah. and like stepping over and it's basically what it was yeah. the whole film was improvised you know um, wow i'm impressed i'm impressed with that my question just was going like, to be, do you think every time a character was off screen, they were just like cramming their lines? No, they're like, probably no. taking a rest <laughs> yeah, <they're> <laughs> and getting ready. Yeah. Um, this is a fun one. Uh, just like the other famous one-take film, Russian Ark, Victoria was to be filmed only three times. In the case of both films, this succeeded with the third and last take, so... Victoria and Russian Ark both succeeded their one take films on the third take. I've never heard of oh, Russian Ark prior today, so I've never I have to heard do of some that. research on this. Yeah. Well, maybe well, that's the one Tiffany was telling me about. She went to film school and they had to watch a one take movie and she said it wasn't this one. So maybe the, the one take film that I always think of is um um isn't uh time code. Hmm. I don't know that one. I don't, I don't know, know Russian either. Ark either. <laughs> Uh, this one, this this fact blew my mind, and I'm I'm really disappointed that this is the case. Despite its positive reviews, this movie was disqualified for an Academy Award nomination in the Best Foreign <laughs> Language Film category due to its large amount of English dialogue. Yup. <laughs> that that seems you know what I don't care because award ceremonies are no, but like you know you buy those right. Like, you actually just buy a nomination. That's real. Uh, yes and no. But... Yes. Yes no, and yes. Yes and no. Yes and no. Yes and yes. Davin. Davin. You don't necessarily use money to win an Oscar or to get nominated. You use other things like uh, 
sentimentality is one that is heavily no, used. No, studios have to nominate you for like your like if you your movie was done by Paramount, Paramount has to put you up for it. Yes, and they and they choose who to put up. So it's not like the best. No, you're submitting. Like, you're submitting a film. Yeah, you're submitting a film, right? Or an actor, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like that's weird. But for them to actually get were. nominated, right? It's voted by, and the vote is usually like really by its merit, by money, and in terms of its campaign through like, oh, come to our screening, and we'll lavish you with gifts, and you know, we'll have you meet stars and other people that we'll put in front. Or you start seeing the campaign. Is it Leo's year? Right. This is Leo's turn. Yeah, right. Like, it's it's, Leo's that's time. what I mean. It's all, all this weird. But I'm just saying, it's not just that. money. There's other forms of manipulation. No, the money thing. I was actually thinking of the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Those you just buy for. Oh yeah, that's grand. just straight up bought. That's straight up. Straight bought. up fifty grand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the film. Well, they was funny, not, they stole one. enough to buy. They could have bought uh, Victoria <laughs> on a star of the Walk of Fame. Um, yes, so the, the film was shot using only available light, which meant that the filmmakers had to carefully plan the timing of each shot to take advantage of the natural lighting conditions, which is really hard to do. Well <laughs> done, too. They did that well, really well. Uh, Le Costa, who plays Victoria, had to learn all of her lines in both German and English. Uh, English. Yeah. Uh, she also had Which is funny because to... she doesn't speak German in this movie. She a she little constantly bit, says she can't speak German in yeah. this movie. She's like, I don't she also had German. to memorize the entire two-hour-long script as there were no breaks in filming. Um, they said there was no script. It was like yeah, twelve. Make <laughs> up your mind, Murphy. It said I was memorized the entire two-hour-long script. It was twelve pages. You know, um, the film director Sebastian Shipper was inspired to make the film after watching a one-take stage play. He believed that the format could be adapted to film and wanted to push the boundaries of what was possible in cinema. And he did so. See, I like that. I like it. To me, it doesn't. You can do fake cuts. It doesn't have to be one take. But I like the idea of a movie that just the the time that passes in the movie is the exact amount of time of the movie i like that idea it and that made it more tense and kept me on the edge of the seat more um so the last two here the film's climactic bank heist scene was shot on location in a real <laughs> bank, bank robbery with real security guards who were unaware they were part of a film shoot <sighs> what that's yeah. dumb that yeah. is just you don't even see inside the bank though yeah like uh, yeah, running scene, into a bank even if, with fake guns is crazy. Yeah, it's like, insane. What? Um, it's in I think scene, we need verification of that morsel. That sounds insane that you would do that. Uh, it was. I mean, it was on IMDb. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> um, in the scene, That's Amazon right, propaganda, dude. <laughs> in the scene props. right after the bank robbery, Lyacosta actually forgot where to drive and takes the wrong turn. Everyone's outburst of panic in the car is completely genuine as they're risking filming crew members and thus ruining the whole take. Even the director, Sebastian Schipper, who was lying in the trunk of the car, started screaming directions in sheer panic. His screaming was Why later removed. the fuck removed was he in during, the trunk of the car? Was later removed during <laughs> audio editing. The car actually ended up driving past crew members, but none of them can be seen thanks to the cameraman who reached reacted quickly by filming from a much lower angle so as to not have any windows in the frame. 
So see, I yeah. thought there was a time where they all tell her to turn left and she turns right, but yeah, no, yeah she she just she, she messes up the directions. Yeah, she messes yeah. up the directions when she was driving, so they were like all freaking yeah. out. Um, so yeah, cinematography by uh, Sterla Branth Grovlin, and uh, it's edited now, not edited per se, but the audio editor. Uh, who helped blend the movie was Olivia uh, Niergord Holm, and um, the music was by uh, Nila, uh, Nils Fromm. The, it was a release date of February seventh, twenty nineteen, at uh, Berlin International Film Festival, and was released on June eleventh, twenty nineteen, in Germany. Uh, running time was one hundred thirty eight minutes. It was a budget of. 444,000 euro with a box office of 6.1 million euro. So it was a really a smash success. Awesome. It deserved to be. Rewatchability. I mean, for me, with most rewatchabilities, I'd say the same thing, sure, in like 10 years or something. But like, not like Doctor Strangelove, which I wanted to watch immediately after I finished watching it again. But this one, I come back to it in some time, likely. Uh, it's the kind of movie I'd like to show somebody who hasn't seen it. I'd be like, you should watch yeah. this movie. This is cool, and I'll watch it with I, you. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I would I would want to rewatch it again just for the technical aspects as somebody who um, likes to study film and the production of film and stuff like that. I would definitely rewatch it again just sort of like, you know, just see the, the seams, if any. And, like, they did a really good job of hiding them. Um it just yeah, it was really. Won't be as tense. Yeah, it's tension on the It's it's it's. They say it's like one of those. It's one of a hundred and or a thousand and one movies you need to watch before you die. It's one of those movies you got to watch. Yeah, agreed. No. Um. <laughs> but but, how I would watch it again, I would watch it with uh, audio commentary. I would watch mm -hmm. the the cut version which they did first right they they made a cut version of the film before they did the the like full... uh, version with cuts yeah all through it yeah oh, so i'd watch okay. that i would watch the first two the other cut cuts where she goes because... to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> i would i would <laughs> i would watch the, the so the first two cuts it, when you're looking up the details about this movie they said the first cut was bad because everyone was very cautious the second cut was really bad because everyone went crazy trying to not be cautious. So I would I wouldn't mind seeing these other two versions of it, right? Because it would be, be different enough that I would be like, "Where's the difference?" Like it'd be like I would I would be drawn into that. Them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So agreed. I would definitely yeah, be interested in that commentary. No, if you, okay, if you ever could get hold on. Pause thing. a second. Let me let me clarify. I am yeah. not mad that I watched this film. Okay. Does it hold up? For me, it does. I I swear this is the most enjoyment I've had out of a movie on this podcast since Good Night and Good Luck, which I think <laughs> was only two episodes ago. But also George God. Clooney. Well, I, I, I'm surprised that this is a holdup for you, Devin. I, honestly, when I was watching this, I'm like, this is going to be a shaky movie. He's not going to like it. It's going to be too little something. It was something. tense. It was super tense. It was super tense. Like, it, I was I yelling was, at the screen. If the movie has I me was yelling too. at the screen, I was it's a too. good movie. 
I, I was yelling I was at the screen too. for other reasons. We, either way, the movie got us yelling at the screen, so <laughs> it did its <sighs> job. Okay. Oh, so I'm the the holdup in terms of holding up. I don't want to give an, I don't want to give the peer pressure, mind you. Um, don't. I don't like this movie. I don't, and I, I've made I, it. I'm shocked kidding. by that. I am shocked. I, I, I'm the type of person I will like something unless I don't like it, and I don't like this movie. I understand and appreciate the technical. Um, aspects and the the skill and effort that is presented in this but when i think of hold up i think of an a movie that uh, not just re like to revisit but it's something that should be held in high regard and i can't i can't say it with this movie so i'm gonna say no i don't know how you can hold in high regard anything with jennifer lopez in it you have not seen Hustlers. No. Have you not seen no, Selena? I haven't. <laughs> no. Made in Manhattan? No, if it says starring <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, I don't watch it. The Cell? She's not an actress. Oh, Jersey I saw The Girl? Cell. She's, I mean, that, The Cell's not a good movie. <laughs> the Cell's not a good movie. <laughs> no. I disagree. Every line the I've ever heard her deliver in a movie, she sounds like she's reading it. Like she's not I, an Sal actress. Is a great Sorry, movie. Vincent D'Onofrio. Lopez is Wait, not hold an on actress. Murphy, no, stop. Yes, the Cell is a great movie. It's yes, not. I love that director. The Cell and the you Fall are the some director. of the most beautifully made movies ever. The, the Cell is gorgeous. All right, the we're ending this gorgeous. movie. Heist, heist movie rankings for me. It's Victoria Out of Sight, The Pink Panther. Uh, for me, it's Out of Sight, Victoria and the Pink Panther. You know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> so Same as Murphy. Back. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Jamil. Even though you ruined <laughs> Victoria being an A movie, I'm which it deserves sorry. to be. I'm sorry. Look, um, it is. I even is, gave your shitty Jennifer Lopez movie an A, but you know because you liked it. <laughs> you did. Yeah, just not her again. <laughs> I, I hated a third of that movie, but I did really quite enjoy the other two thirds. I, I can't wait. I would love to hear your feelings about others, um, a Leonard um, Soddenberg team ups, um, or even more oh. Lemberg, um, uh, Leonard uh, films. I know oh, you like I Jackie Brown is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Jackie Brown is, it's I think, by Jackie far Brown the best Tarantino movie. I, I honestly, the fact that the, there is a story connection with, with just the slightest little Michael Keaton. Keaton story connection between Jackie Keaton should have showed up in Victoria for me. <laughs> you you know what? If you show if Ray Nicoletta showed up in Victoria, yeah. Jamil would have loved like, it. Slow clap, yeah. slow clap. That was an inept. He's a Ray Nicoletta busts movies. them. Oh. Yeah, movies. Anyways, over. perfect. Um, he could have been the stupid <laughs> cop that let them call a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> or that bartender she was hitting on earlier but uh okay please put uh, well, victoria let's... up high up there uh well look i'm bring. i'm sharing the the thing here here's the episodes and yes i'm adding victoria to the b section thanks jameel i'm sorry <laughs> yeah it's okay i love you and i'm glad you're on the show 
Jamil okay. was offered a full-time spare change segment on this show, by the way. Turned it down. Said he didn't have time for the likes of us. Hey, just he how that. long he it takes for me to respond to anyone. I'm slow on but the... There's our, there's our movies. Uh, I think we've got most of these correct. Can you, you do me a favor? With this list? Yeah. I, I do. I have a disagreement. Can you put Victoria okay. on the top of the B section? No. No. Because <laughs> this is in chronological order. Okay. When we, but it would yeah, be on yeah. the top of the B section if I well, had. Well, we have discussed, like, like I want to do a season ending episode where we don't cover any new movies. We just talk about the movies that we saw during season one them. after our 20th episode. No, but we can discuss, like, because we've often bring up, oh, like, this is a B plus and this is a B minus. We can just discuss yeah. these kinds of things. And Jamil, I want you on the season finale episode. Where I bring all my misgivings from previous episodes. Exactly. Because I do watch I do watch all the episodes. Exactly. You and Andre both. So I kind of want him on that episode too. It's gonna be Andre's going to come after me and disagree. He's like, Victoria is such a great film. No, look, Andre loves I would loves love to hear movie. Andre's thoughts on Victoria, Andre is, honestly. You won't find anyone more super positive about movies because he just appreciates that people make them. So he yeah. basically loves every movie. I would love. I'm the opposite. I have a very critical mind, and uh, <laughs> I I would never that's, mention that's Victoria my my worst like my most hated films. It's nowhere near that. And that wasn't a slight, Andre. I think that's a great quality to have, yeah. as I know you're listening. So that was not a slight. One of my worst my the movies I hate the most is I'll Be Home for Christmas by with was it Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Don't watch that film. Okay. No, but I think it's the worst Christmas movie ever that people seem to like. That one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I Jingle all the way. I think that's the, the worst. Actually, the worst movie I've ever seen. I only worst saw it for the first time last year, and I thought it was unwatchable. Wow. Not yeah. a Sinbad fan. Yeah. No, not as an actor. <laughs> what? You, no, well, not as anything. Sinbad's not funny as a stand-up movie. either. I, actually, <laughs> I disagree. Big I think he was in good in a different world. Sorry. Big shows in that movie. Jingle all the way, yeah. No man, that was way yeah, before he plays, his time. He plays the giant Santa Claus. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Credit is Paul White. Um, I did not help well, this uh, this episode be under three hours. I apologize. No. Well, look. <laughs> I actually I think this yeah. might be our longest episode yet. It is. Yeah, it is. Um. I was, there you trying, have it, people. I was trying. I was like, okay, tr- first one's under 50 minutes. We're going to get it. We're going to get and derailed and derailed. And okay. Well, yeah. I guess we're going to be over three for this one. Dude. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> I love Dokes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dokes is the best. Best addition to the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Murphy brought that and played it like six times one episode. So I'm just keeping it going. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, did you know we're uh, part of a United Federation of Podcasts? A federation of Podcasts, you say? Yes. I say. What's the, I say what's the name are... of the site? What's the address of the site? Uh, Ufpodcast.com. Uf. Uf. Okay. What? I want to see if if uh, Davin, you knew it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, Who do you think's running this empire? <laughs> anyway. Um, Dave. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, Dave yeah well we are better. and 
In this empire, you can see X-rated the X-Men animated review show. We recently had an interview with Len Yuli, which is fantastic, by the way. Even if you don't know the name Len Yuli, you know his work. He worked on all the shit we loved in the 90s. All the cartoons. He all the, the co-creator of the it. character Bonkers. He co-created Bonkers. Um, he made Bonkers. Yeah, totally nuts. x yeah, you know, there's, there's a special... There's a special... Uh, uh, contest you should uh, go on facebook and and yes. sign up for it yep yep we want to hear your wildest craziest most intriguing prediction for x-men 97 and the winner will get the books that <laughs> something is here somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> ah there it is what is it just in the depths lady of this sherlock. cavern lady sherlock and the circle of the smiling dead by former guest of the show brooks Walktell. Haven't read it yet because I'm a slow reader, but I'm gonna. Um, probably like a that'll be a that's what I'll read when I'm sitting uh, waiting for the baby to be born at the hospital. Yeah. Last okay. time I was waiting for a baby to be born, I read Powers of X and uh, or Dawn of X and Powers of Ten. Ooh, great comics. So yeah, that was fun. Um, but yeah, check that out, and we have an interview coming up soon with um, the voice of Cable, Lawrence Bain. So that'll Ooh. be fun. Cool. And you know, we're coming coming to a close on season four. And we have a uh, Marvel comic artist Adam Gorham joining us for our season finale. Not an interview. He's just joining us for the show, much like Marvel comics artist David Cutler often does, and he might be joining us next week, actually. Depends on scheduling. And also check out my co-host there, Andre's Graphic Histories Podcast. That's a great he does great interviews. Like he does. dude can interview. That's why he run he uh, takes point on our X rating interviews, and I just throw weird questions at the guests sometimes. Um, you know, check out Super Mater Brothers, where it's you know mostly Jamil. I think we should probably change <laughs> yeah. the name of Super Mater Brothers to like it's a Super. Jamil I don't know. What do you Brothers. want to call it, Jamil? It's all you. What do you want to call it? <laughs> Look, I I'm I'm very reluctant to taking ownership of any podcast nowadays. So fair enough. The true currency is coming back. I keep saying that it's 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 coming out. It's it's doomed. Duke Nukem forever. KBBL's gone. Sorry, Sam. But it's okay. Even though KBBL is not currently going, you still have a wealth of content that you can go and. Would you call that a wealth? Is that a wealth? Yeah. (laughs) Like you could you could literally go back and just like look. I, in, in my opinion, one. Disney Disney should just repackage the DVDs with uh, KBBL, KBBBL. Oh, I, I, in I my agree. opinion, I agree with that statement. You just yeah. do that. You're my greatest supporter, Jamil. I love you. Um, aiming on track. Check that out. I've been on. Murphy's been on. Jamil's going on. <laughs> Eventually. Apparently, I'm coming on again, and I have to listen to Green Day. So, you know. I have to <laughs> oh wow! What's, sorry, if, it's, like if it's Green Day you. and it's not Dookie, it ain't for me. What is he doing? Though, though Dookie, fantastic. Which one is, is he, he doing, doing again for Green Day? Insomniac. Oh. Hmm. I don't even know coffee. what one that was. Is that the one with Geek Stink Breath on it? I don't even know. Well, I don't know. Listen, I, I showed that know. kid the best album on Earth. That don't matter anymore. No, you didn't. I did. I showed him the greatest musician ever friggin' born. Proto Men, Robert Act Johnson. 2, Father of Death. Go check it out. Best album ever. You're so <laughs> Devin's just trying so to hold it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay.
Um, two of you debates. Oh, um, the next one's going to be. Dave is trying to figure things out for it. So, yeah. uh, very simple premise. One guest host, the last one, three man. guest um, uh, debaters, and they debate on a subject. Hilarity ensues. Yeah. Hilarity often ensues. Hmm. Hellbound podcast. Alec Blackburn you know. and Michael Chandler. Yep. A horror movie podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a cross pond affair, you might call it. Yeah. Um, and we also have a myriad and sundry Star Trek podcasts. The mothership. Long and podcast. The mothership connection. The blood veins the, of our federation. Fantastic. You know, we have locutors of Trek. It's pretty great. We did a captain's conference there recently. We were I got convention. so mad. I got so mad at a leave. I was watching the support and I was moments from that one. Actually, I got to put up on TikTok. Like, I felt like Janeway should have been an A, or I mean an S tier, but uh, Dave convinced me with the fact that she just like fucked off for three months, like didn't talk to her crew. So, but yeah, <laughs> other than that, I didn't really disagree with much. I, what, what I made you, you know angry, what I Jamil? disagree with the fact that Data wasn't considered. Data should have been considered in that. No, we we uh, we made it clear no acting captains. Oh. Did then, he not, like, no, didn't he, did, wasn't he like d- like raised as a captain? No, he was just point? the acting captain of the Sutherland, and that's it. He, yeah. he was never a captain. Not even like in a comic like canon. They didn't really take from comics. Cousin Dave, anything that's not on screen's canon. Look, I yeah. tried to convince him that the, <laughs> the Garrick novel is canon. It's that's not a. Don't talk canon fight. with Dave. Dave is just. No. Uh... <laughs> Look, he takes Karen and uniforms very seriously. Um, we break down um, like dress, like dresses on um, on Big Brother that the host wears. I didn't like this dress. I thought, it, I thought it was just. I thought it was just no. Star Trek uniforms he was no. into. Wow, wow. He's a fashionista. It seems he is. Apparently so. You know, we have Science Division. We just did a Debate 9 all ladies version. That was awesome. I was watching. That was really good. Yeah, it was. The great debates. And they're so much more polite. And they, like, we had a little chat afterward. And they're just like, yeah, we let each other finish speaking. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not how we do things. That's not how the dudes (laughs) do things. We just yell at each other until Jody or Murphy tells me to shut up. (laughs) Wrap it up. That's how we do things. We're about to push four hours if we don't wrap this the fuck up. Holy shit. This is by (laughs) far the longest. You know what? We're having a good time here on Hold Up a Movie Podcast. Check out the cuters of check. All right. I'm I'm shutting her down. Final thoughts? Um, Check Uh, out next week's um, stuff. Yeah, we got we got we yeah. got more uh, movies coming. Listen, I I want to say thank you for listening to this incredibly long podcast about heists and robberies Agreed. and everything in between. We had a lot of fun, mm-hmm. um, as always. I hope you had a lot of fun, and as always, enjoy the movies. Uh, we'll catch you on next episode where we talk about airplanes with Michael Henry. Here go the coming attractions for that. Uh, until then, enjoy the movies. <laughs> Stand by.
for the most extraordinary chain of events ever swept up into high adventure. Hey, Larry, where's the forklift? Forklift! It's over there with the baggage water. Airplane. Good airplane. Good. Airplane is drama. Uh, this is Dr. Brody at the Mayo Clinic. There's a passenger on Almost didn't pick it. I almost picked Air Airport 1979, but I watched it a couple years ago, so. And I've never actually seen Airplane all the way through. Oh, it's perfect choice. Airplane. I haven't watched. You never watched it? No, I've, I've watched it, but it's been like at least 20 years since I watched it. Airplane is romance. Airport 1979, I think it's the year, or maybe 1977. Good movie, though. Check it out. <laughs> Airplane is music. music. I love that shark fit. That's, that's real. There is only one sea. <laughs> Airplane is dancing. Let's <laughs> go back and forth with that a million more times. Where's Leslie Nielsen? Yeah. There he is. No, they, where are they gonna film in this trailer? Peter Graves. You ever seen a grown man naked? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. Leslie Nielsen. This is woman has to be got there to the hospital. Is. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. Lloyd Bridges. <laughs> Man, no one does deadpan, dry delivery of comedy like Leslie Nielsen. What a brooch. What pterodactyl could you get? Um, Robert Stack. All right, Steve, let's face a few facts. I need to unsolved mysteries. I need to to take that clip of the glasses. Can you fly this plane and land it? Robert Hayes. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Shirley. Don't call me Shirley. Yeah, that's the classic one. <laughs> it's that friggin' female hysteria you hear about. <laughs> it's great. Mayday. This trailer's funny. This is gonna be a great movie. The only ones that can match uh, Leslie Nielsen in dry wit humor is like and Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd Bridges is in this. He's not dry ever. George Gaines, yeah, George Gaines from Police Academy. Oh, okay. Who is he in Police Academy? Uh, he was like the constable. Change America's policy. Yeah. Atrocity many, many political weapons into those who would use them. Your Air Force One. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Michael Henry picked Air Force One. <laughs> he was gonna pick Top Gun, but Davin vetoed it. What are the risks involved in? You should have picked Hot Shots. About... No, this is about airplanes, not fighter plane jets. That's a different thing. That's a different. Fair enough. I'm just saying, if you're gonna pick Top Gun, pick. Pick oh yeah, I agree. We'll take a train to Hawaii afterwards. The president's plane, Air Force One, has been hijacked. <gasps> I used to like this movie. I've watched this like a bunch of times on TMN oh back in the day. 
Gary Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman. But they got buddy from Quantum Leap as well. Yeah. Scott Bakula? No, um, not Scott Bakula. Oh, Gene uh, Stockwell. Yeah, Gene Stockwell. Your national security advisor has been executed. He just bought you another half hour. Sir, he just bought you another half hour. I'm down for Russian Gary Oldman. You know who I am? I'm the President of the United States. He can do anything. <laughs> Jim isn't making this decision as a president. He's making it as a husband and a father. Cousin Dave would love this movie. It makes the President of the United States look like a superhero. That's <laughs> absolutely what I was thinking. <laughs> He has no right to take but he needs to sweeping like there needs to be sweeping like music. We cannot give it. Yeah, somebody needs to faint just because he's there. Dean Stockwell needs to pull it Like the entire passengers get brave because the president does a, a rousing speech. And then they dance slowly. It's funny, we said goodbye to the audience and then just chatted over these trailers for another 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's part of the show now. It's like, it's like the post-credits extras. Think Die Hard on Air Force One. No. Get off my plane. You know what I confuse this movie with sometimes too? Executive decision. Remember Executive that? Executive decision. That, yeah. That's also on a plane. That's that's what Steven Seagal. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, really? That's the, that movie makes the most incredible movie decision of all time, which is kill Steven Seagal in the first two minutes. Yes. I'm I'm surprised. Yeah. Wow. What is this movie? Yeah. Wow. It's a Ghibli film. Yeah. Uh -huh. Let me watch some anime, Murphy. A little this... anime before we get into anime. We do have an anime episode coming up. This is, that's next this... season, maybe? No, that's this season. Wow, we're doing some Ghibli. Wow. Am I going to hate this, Jamil? I don't think... I, I think that you'll appreciate the animation and the storytelling. Okay. At the very least. Because usually the animation in anime is what I don't like because everyone looks 8 or 12 at the oldest. Yeah, like all these 12 year olds, why are they working in a workshop? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> let's, go, let's, go to, let's go to Asia and look at who's working in the workshops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <so>. Okay. <laughs> We'll give it a shot. Ask your cinema for details. It's gotta be better than Tokyo Godfathers. Well, 